0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bento Pod, the show where we take a bite-sized bite out of anime and deliver the anime right back to your lap on your bus ride to work. If you're in the car listening to this or you're at work listening to this, turn it off. It's exclusively for bus people. Joining me as always <laughs> Well, I'm your regular host, Zach. Joining me as always is our regular host, Ty.
1: What are bus people? <laughs> people who catch the bus. People who are buses. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're half bus, half people. Bus people. Minna, Bento Pod to you thank you for that
0: and as always we have our regular host rob
2: hey guys and
0: friend of the show daniel
2: one day you'll give me the respect i deserve one day
0: i do give you the respect you deserve you are you deserve the title of friend of the show you have an exclusive title that's very what you deserve
2: yeah, I guess I walked right into that one now, didn't I? <laughs> Definitely.
0: So what's been happening this week? See, so we do we have this conversation every time, basically, Daniel. How are you? I'm going to give you top how are you privileges. So how are you going this
2: week? Yeah, but, but, that's just, but all you're doing is giving Ty more time to think. That's really all you do is giving me top billing, It's giving Ty more time to think. I mean, it's probably best.
1: <laughs> yeah, I need this, Daniel. <laughs> it's all I have.
2: I've... <laughs> But my week's been, like, basically work and sleep and maybe watching some anime half-sleeping, half-dreaming. I'm 90% (laughs) sure that my dream's connected to my Wi-Fi, and I just streamed this week's topic in my dreams. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, that's still a positive, though. That's good.
0: I managed to get the whole thing in.
2: It would explain some things that happen in this uh, this week's um, topic and in this week's uh, animes, but still... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, We'll see see how it goes And what about you Rob, how have you been this week? What's been happening?
3: Um, I've been pretty good, it's been a good week Um, Just chilling, I unsubbed from WoW Sad days Um, But yeah, life took over Um, Why? Yeah, I mean It was bound to happen eventually Um, So now I'm just kind of (laughs) trying to find something else To chill out to um, As like a side hobby And um, yeah, been watching some stuff Shit, what did I watch? I watched a movie or two. I can't even remember, honestly. But yeah, just chilling, working, same, same. I went to a mate's house, had a barbecue, amazing burnt pork. Just amazing. Um, but yeah, That's a joke a week.
2: only for us, people. Just us.
0: For those of you listening at home, we had a barbecue where I burnt the pork and it was basically pork jerky.
1: You but, smoked it into ever living hell,
0: and then I dropped a piece of it into the coals. So that was fun, but it
2: was delicious. It was <laughs> to, really, really nice. To give yeah, listeners it was actually like legit. To give listeners a a, a view, you needed two hands and a lot of strength to break the pork. That's how badly it was. <laughs> it was <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> it
1: was pretty funny,
0: but it was my first time trying to manage two barbecues at once, so I thought it went out pretty well.
1: That was your own fault. Yeah, it was
3: really, really good. It was really good. I'm looking forward to the next time.
1: Maybe yeah. try more American-type barbecues. Brisket, mm. ribs. Some more
0: smoking. But anyway, that's that's low in the future, and the listeners won't be invited, unfortunately.
1: Unless... No, one less. Okay, no, no, no unless. <laughs> no, no.
0: Unless we, unless we can somehow do like a live show. If we ever do a live show, I'll do a barbecue, and I'll make something for the, everyone who buys a ticket. That's,
2: that is a terrible promise you just made, but I'm going to keep you to it. I will limit ticket
0: what? sales to five people. It's fine.
2: Oh yeah, I was no, going to no, say,
1: no. what if like 2,000 people buy tickets? No,
2: no. I'm going to make sure we sell out an auditorium. Hey, look, that's
0: also positive. I'm not going to complain about that either. So, moving on though. Ty, what have you been doing this week? What have you been up
1: to? Um, no. How are you this week?
0: Oh, I see. you trying to turn it back on me.
1: No one ever asks the host. So so how are you? I'm good. Host uh, son?
0: <laughs> I'm good. Nothing crazy's been happening. It's been working, cleaning, sleeping, cooking, barbecuing. Had some friends over yesterday, that was nice. Burnt some pork. Yeah. I feel like we talked about this already. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> no, but yeah, testing recipes has been good. It's been yeah.
1: a good time. Pretty much the same with me. It's been mm-hmm. cleaning and stuff and
3: You've been burning pork That's- too?
1: No. Yes.
0: <laughs> Keep that high energy up. Make sure you don't lose that energy. I'm so tired.
1: Like I I'm more tired than i usually I usually am in this podcast.
0: I mean that's basically your catchphrase. You should take away the Japanese talking. You should just say, hi, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm
4: tired. Nah.
1: Look, if I was an animated character of some sort, I would embody Guretama. <laughs> I'm so tired. Can we sleep? <laughs> like you know. Yeah.
0: Gudotama is a lazy egg, Daniel and Rob and, and listeners, I don't know if you know too and much he about Gudotama.
1: He sleeps a lot. Mm. Like me. Mm. Yay. Woo.
0: Anyway, well we'll jump right into things then, since you're feeling extra lazy and extra tired. How was that is the bottleneck this week, Ty?
1: That's a terrible transition, because no one's really lazy or tired in that show, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could have done Sleep Princess in a Demon Castle, but I chose not to.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so, we watched Bottleneck Episode 7 this week. Ueno-kun, a new part-timer, likes making plushies, is a bit air-headed, and wishes he could be as likable as muto But the other part-timer, Adam, uh, places Ueno-kun's plushies all in the store, and... They're not the girls, like school girls and stuff go crazy for it and it's just cute. Uh Muto offers him some onigiri and he seems happy. Tsuki-san, Muto's son's love interest comes back and she's looking for jam, and Muto-kun is so smitten and wonders when she'll notice him, and it's just I feel like it's turning into a love story, so I feel like I might drop it soon.
0: Love psycho- oh, a love story from a psycho perspective really? of a psychopath without a head?
1: No, Wait. but it's just it's not like I don't know, I feel like the build-up is not good enough, which is terrible.
0: Which is a horrible thing to say about a show that's three minutes long.
1: No, but, uh, yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) I feel, I don't know, it just feels too, like, cliche. Oh, I am the, oh, whatever, one smitten character that's all like, no, she's me, senpai. (laughs) But (laughs) she's not a senpai, she's just a schoolgirl. And then that's the also creep element, because obviously this guy's, like, like, out of high school and shit like that. Mm. So he's at least 18 plus. Mm. And the Mm. schoolgirl is... I suppose she could be 16, so fair enough. She could also be I know. In Japan, I think it's 20 when you're out of high school. Something like that. I don't know. It just seems like the age difference is a bit weird, so I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this without knowing the ages. But it just feels like he's some other guy. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It it just feels weird to me. Fair enough. I'm not not a fan of Japan's fascination with schoolgirls and no matter their age. Mm. <laughs> young mm. school they young school girls are but eh but I mean she's obviously in high school or something.
0: Fair enough, that's okay. Are there anything uh, any specific areas that you'd like to see it improve beyond that? Like specific changes that could be made as opposed to just less school girl fascination? I literally just and said that. And less clichés.
1: I literally just said that.
0: But you're talking about 3 minute sure it has to be clichés.
1: how many how many bet ba- Improvements? Do you want me to give? Oh. Make the re- remake the show, people.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. How would you like a it remake It's fine. You don't know make it into it,
1: a right. horror. I really want a good horror show.
0: <laughs> you should watch Jujutsu Kaisen.
1: It's not scary enough. I want something that's like psychologically.
0: How about a uh, Higurashi when they me. cry?
1: You? Nah, they basically hand feed oh, you the answers. Did it. You did the thing.
0: <laughs> it sounds like your standards are too high for a horror show.
4: <laughs>
1: I spent many a day in high school reading horror and watching horror. (laughs) Fair enough. Even though it terrifies me.
0: Well, speaking of horror and scary things, love is the scariest journey of all. How is Tonikawa over the moon for you this week, Rob?
3: Honestly, that is an excellent transition. I love you for it. And I love you for the (laughs) new pause. Higurashi, (laughs) when they cry.
2: Please don't encourage him, Rob. Uh, Just just don't.
3: He's hitting the spot for me this week, I gotta say. Um in terms of Tonikawa, uh the Yuzakis come back from their visit to the parents, um, their apartment's burnt down, and they move into to a new place, which is with the spa folk, you know, the the people who own the spa. Um, and they do a lot more cutesy stuff. It's basically the, them just fawning over each other in new and interesting ways. Um and yeah, the characters remain really entertaining. The younger daughter from the spa business is actually quite a likable character in this episode, whereas usually I don't quite like her. Um, but yeah, every- this episode is another really cutie, nice episode, and it just goes over more of their relationship as it um, expands, or however you call Descends it. Descends <laughs> into horror! <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most horrifying thing of all, a developing relationship. <laughs>
0: i mean those early stages are always difficult
3: and scary oh yeah yeah as you're exploring each other and etc like are they going to turn out to be a psycho i don't know let's find out
2: i honestly can't relate to what all you guys are saying in any way shape or form right now i I don't know anything about what you're saying to be honest (laughs) (laughs) okay i feel like that's
0: sarcasm and i feel like a lot but okay that's fine
2: heavy sarcasm he-
0: heavy, fantastic. Well, Rob, are there any elements of the show that you feel could be changed or overturned or, or improved in any way?
3: Nah, in in this episode especially, it's it's really straightforward. It's just a lot of cutesy stuff. Um, I I don't know. In terms of it belonging to the genre, it it does a really good job. It's slice of life. It goes over. The Gutsy Couple stuff. It kind of, kind of touches on her being, you know, an ancient moon being, god thing. But it's really, really light this episode. Not nearly as heavy as last episode. Um, and I'm still Ooh. looking forward to seeing what happens there. But yeah, No, I like it. I like it. It's really chill.
0: Awesome. Do you think that she'll develop any kind of talents as a moon, ancient moon person? She'll get some kind of talent or any kind of powers or anything like that.
3: Uh, no, she seems really straightforward as an individual. There doesn't seem to be, beside the fact that she might be an ancient moon god being thing, she seems like a really straightforward person. Like, there's nothing crazy about her. Like, she can't, you know, change the gravity of the ocean or whatever, or, or you know, raise the oceans or whatever. But mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it seems really straightforward.
0: Yeah, that's alright, that's good Well, I mean, there are definitely characters who can do those things in Talentless Nana So, how is that going, Daniel? And I'm aware that we accidentally skipped over another show to get to Talentless Nana But here we are
2: You are just One, the worst And two, the absolute worst I saw that transition coming for a good 25 seconds And I don't like it I I don't like it at all
3: (laughs) I just wouldn't stop talking No, and I I don't (laughs) like it What do you mean? You kept asking me questions, come on
0: that's right. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Daniel, we'll come back around and tell us talentless no, Nana. No. Please! Hi, I, I was Anime capybara Sun. Transition away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow, that's the worst.
1: This one was fairly really quick, so prepare yourself, Daniel. <laughs> we watched episode 8 of Kapibara, uh, Anime Capybara-san, and this episode they meet a rare all-white Capybara-san.
0: Ooh, an albino Capybara-san.
1: Pretty much. They do not say albino at all. <laughs> they <laughs> just say a rare... All white. Ooh, oh my. Capybara sign. They just exercise together and eat a whole bunch of apples, and they just... That's it. And they're like, oh, they have to exercise more because they've eaten so many apples. <laughs> and I'm like, yes.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. That's An it. exciting time to be a capybara.
1: Yeah, that was literally the entire episode. Cool. That's
0: okay. Are you still enjoying
1: Capybara sign? Yeah, it's cute. I, I do like it. It's There's no big story or anything. It's just... What it is. Mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. Are there any animals that you're looking forward to being introduced
1: into anime kakabarra or something?
0: Considering they introduced a bird that was a lazy bird and a camel? I, a llama.
1: I don't care, to be honest. <laughs> it's just a cute joke. Everything is cute, so more please. Fair
0: enough. That makes sense. That's okay. Well, cuteness is definitely a talent that some people have. Uh, some people like to be very <laughs> cute. Some people are talentless and some ways. So now, how is Talentless Nana going, Daniel?
2: That's a better transition, but I'm still not happy about it. Um, Talentless Nana is fantastic. It's just continuing to be great. This one, um, this one follows off pretty much directly after the last episode, uh, where she's defeated the Necromancer. Like 20 seconds afterwards is where we jump back into the episode, and it's her oh, trying yeah. to deal with the fact that. Her Yoya? Her- Heroria? Her- 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 I can't. The, the immortal guy.
1: Midoriya? That's My Hero Academia.
2: Exactly. Mikarashi? <laughs> what? Exactly. Those guys. Um, the immortal man <laughs> is basically on her tail the entire way, and she's going to try and use this necromancer's um, carnage to throw her-, her off. She does not. In fact, she's fucked. She's given the game away. And the guy calls him out on it. The episode ends cool. with um, her basically 20 seconds away from being found out and exposed as the mass murderer. And... Oh, no. Let me tell oh, you. No. Let me tell you. I can't wait. I can't wait for next week. It, it's going to be <laughs> great. It, <laughs> like she doesn't... Oh, are they, do
0: you, How do you think she's going to find her way out, or do you think she's going to find no, her way out of it, no, no, or do you no. think it's going to be take a turn?
2: Nope, she's done. She, like <laughs> Because... <laughs> The fight with necromancer has worn her out so much that she's made some basic mistakes, and the immortal man has her dead to rights. She, mm, he, mm, mm. um, if she does get out of this, it's going to be through some contrived bullshit, and I may not be quite happy about that. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, I really, how
0: would you feel? Yep, I've got to just a specific How would you feel if she suddenly developed a
2: talent? I would be kind of mad about that because the main what what draws me into this show is the fact that she is completely talentless and she is using her wits to basically try and kill gods mm. and mm. I always love stories like this um, of mm. like yeah. guile heroes or in this case guile assassins using their wits and all that to outright um, murder people it's, Ooh, what, it's one of my side... f- oh yeah, sorry
1: uh also side note, Immortal Guy's name is Kyoya Onodera. Yeah that guy.
0: Okay. No. Or it, Onodera was, it was Midori, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can see why Yeah but B-ya yeah, came up.
2: Um it, because it's this cat and mouse game between like the Immortal Girl and uh, mortal Immortal Guy and Nana, like the the blue and the red um, monologues has been fantastic and even in this episode just seeing the back and forth of like Nana's public face and then the flash of panic from her internal monologue is fantastic. It's great. Mm. Just It is pretty good. We'll definitely continue to watch and I can't wait for next week.
0: Nice. Nice. Excellent. What do you I suppose what do you think is going to happen next?
2: So assuming that Nana gets fanned out, and I can't see any reason why she won't be, because it's a pretty the guy's got him pretty much dead to rights. He's he um he figured out everything. Mm-hmm the classmates are either going to turn on her completely and then it's going to be a game um, the rest like the rest of the season will probably be her trying to live and you know avoid the dude who can summon and supernova at will um, or alternatively they've made hints that there's something more about this island than meets the eye like how the necromancer was going to drew so many bodies up and that it may go in that direction
1: cool I am legitimately surprised that she meant to, she took down the necromancer with the whole island of dead bodies <laughs> at the necromancer's disposal.
2: Yeah. Well, she, she so didn't, she's an
0: expert at psychological warfare. Yeah, because she what?
2: didn't, yeah, she didn't fight the necromancer fairly. She basically broke her mentally, <laughs> which is, yeah. which is even better in my opinion.
4: Mm-mm.
0: Fair
2: enough. I'm
0: excited to see what happens next. And, you know, mental breaking is generally the domain of a gentleman named Moriarty. So how is Moriarty the Patriot this week, Ty? Uh,
1: I mean, that one, that one I will let slide, so... (laughs) (laughs) These have all been fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So this week we watched Moriarty the Patriot episode 7. So this was uh, part 2 for the noatic episode. Or Act 2, or whatever you call it. <laughs> um, so, this week continued from last episode, where Moriarty walks in on the nobleman um, who stabbed the common, uh, a commoner, Count Enders. So, he was the nobleman, Count Enders. Um, <coughs> Moriarty helps dispose of the body, they basically throw it over the edge, except the man who was meant to be dead is seen sitting and enjoying a theatre show. So, Um, Count is, like enraged and like tries to find him and run after him. He finds the man the man dead in like the same position he was when he stabbed him. So he was like, "What the fuck? You were just alive? What the fuck?" So he basically is (sighs) sorry.
0: you say he stabbed him and then he was surprised to find come back and find out he was dead. Mm. Is that my understanding of what happened?
1: He was surprised to see him sitting and enjoying a theater show. Mm. So he was like, "What the fuck?"
0: Right, my bad. I misunderstood. That's what I was asking. I misunderstood.
1: That's okay. So, yeah, because he saw him sitting and enjoying a theatre show, he was like, what the fuck? Like, running after him, trying to find him. Finds him dead in the same position he was last night when he stabbed him, and was like, what is happening? And just flew, in, flew into a rage, stabbing him countless times. Ooh. And while he's doing that, he didn't notice that the platform he's on is gradually being lifted up onto the theatre stage. So people panic and because this guy's just stabbing him, and they try to apprehend uh, apprehend him, uh, but he climbs the ship mast and ends up falling into the sea and his death. If you remember from last time there was like a Sherlock guy that deduced what Moriarty's job was. And that guy comes up to Moriarty this time and is all like, this is so interesting. That guy was actually dead. It wasn't the stabbing him on stage that um, killed him. He was already dead. mortis and stuff already set in, blah, 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 blah. And we find out his name is actually Sherlock Holmes. So... Dun, dun, dun! dun. Yeah, so clearly this is going to go into that sort of sector.
0: Now, is it spelled... Uh, Sherlock Holmes the same way as
1: yes. Sherlock Holmes. Okay. So, I'm interested. Mm, I can't I wait... I also
0: interested to see... Go, Daniel.
2: I can't wait until this turns into a giant mecha anime where we get the giant mech, Sherlock and the giant mech Moriarty fighting one another. <laughs> I was thinking more, I can't wait for Sir
0: Arthur Conan, uh, Conan Doyle's estate holders to say, no, 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 that's not good enough, and then try and sue
2: the creators. That's going to be a fun time. Oh my God! You're having Sherlock show emotions. Well, here's a million dollar lawsuit for you, buddy.
4: Yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, not that like happened.
1: super emotion, or like it's not about emotion anyway. It's not. It's about him being happy and stuff, isn't it? Or it's about him becoming a
2: showing
0: positive character. Yeah, facts. he wasn't doing yeah. that. He
1: was just he was being an asshole.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, oh, you're good. <laughs> he was just more <laughs> of a... Mm.
1: Mm. I, I, I very much he, the way he acted was very much a oh, this is interesting, and I'm like, is he trying to call Moriarty out like he knows, or was he just like, you're a mathematician, you understand the joy of a mystery or a good puzzle, you know, like a problem.
4: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because he did say
1: that at one point, and I was like, but that doesn't really give you, like, oh, this is the mystery, we need to investigate this kind of thing and just talk to some rando about it. Yeah.
0: I have a question for you, though, and this is something that I don't think you've covered up before. Like, they're broken into two episode blocks, essentially, for different acts. It's like act one, act two. Is there much that ties the two, like, any acts together? So it's like, whatever was happening before, and then is there a transition to the noatic, or is it just basically a cut? No major transitions?
1: I have no idea what you're saying. Almost every TV show has something like this when there's, like, a part one, part two. So I don't understand why you're asking. so
0: So before this was part two, before that was part one, and before that was part two of something else.
1: Oh, the individual stories, is that what you're asking? Yes, there's
0: much like a transition or anything that happens in between there? No. No, that's okay. That's it's, I'm just interested because it sounds like it's a so it's an anthology show more than an ongoing story.
1: Well, I think that's the whole Sherlock is going to come in and be like, oh, there's a lot of murders and stuff surrounding you and your family. Mm, mm, mm. And so it's going to kind of be a little bit more chronological.
0: And Moriarty will turn out to be a super criminal? Sure. Super criminal, like the Akudama from Akudama Drive. Here we go. Dun dun dun. <sighs>
2: Just so bad. <laughs> so bad. It was
0: good. That was good. I liked that one. I had to build up to it. I had to think about it because I couldn't remember what my show
3: was called. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the best transition.
4: What
0: was my show called? <laughs> I was like, it's Akudama something. Because
3: <laughs> they're Akudama in it.
0: I don't know. Anyway. This episode had a lot of little things for all the remaining Akudama. Uh, Cat time. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you, Cat. So this episode had a lot of little things for all the remaining Akudama, and it feels like we're heading towards a big multi-Akudama confrontation. So picking up straight after the last episode, Swindler and Little Sister are in the rocket heading to the moon. I mentioned last time that the shot showed them moving away from the moon, but as you guys said, they're slingshotting around and moving towards the moon. But they don't quite make it. They run out of fuel and the rocket falls to the earth. They manage to survive. And Swindler takes little sister out to eat at a takoyaki place, tying it all back together. But Swindler makes a very small, stupid mistake where she pays with her identity, her, basically her credit card. And with that, they're on the run once again because everyone around them is now aware of the fact that an Akudama is nearby. Uh, they end up at a secret hideout of some human trafficking guys. Swindler and Little Sister have to fight their way out. And it culminates in Swindler being forced to kill someone. When all hope finally seems lost, courier is on the scene. And he's sent... Turns out he was sent by Little Brother before Little Brother was captured. And we have a confirmation that the female executioner is now basically a master executioner. And she has a pupil that she needs to teach. And we see what's happening with the remaining Akudama trying to return to their regular lives... Courier is being a courier. Doctor is researching immortality, and Hoodlum is basically just a regular guy. And he's lost he's trying to process everything he's been through, and he turns to drugs that results in him being captured by Doctor. And you might wonder where is Cutthroat throughout all of this, because he doesn't show up for the whole episode till after the credits, and he's out looking for Swindler, calling her his angel. So he's obviously trying to find her and protect her. I'm really enjoying this show. (laughs) There's not a huge overarching, like, whoa, this is the story that's emotionally invested. Mm. It's just things that are happening that are interesting. And it's got enough of of a background story tying it together. But it's like, there's a lot of really, really cool visuals and a lot of really cool fights that happen. I don't really like the choices when it comes to the censorship. So it's a very gory looking world. And then when it comes to, like, someone gets their legs cut off and rather than show any kind of bits or anything... It'll literally just be a black spot where the stump should be. Or, as an example, in this episode, Swindler used a can to cut a guy in the face through his eyeball. And where there would have been blood and a big gash through his eye, there was literally just a black bar. So Uh, the
3: choices in censorship are a bit odd. That's really a shame, especially if it's like Mm. a central theme.
0: Mm. So I'm not sure if that's uh, Anime Lab standards or if that's Japanese broadcasting standards. It feels like it's Japanese broadcasting standards there. Yeah,
2: definitely Could it is. be an artistic
0: yeah. decision? Mm, no. Yeah, that's true. No, because it, it, some, some shots it makes it look absolutely terrible.
2: Okay, I mean... Like some of them are just... In case, that case, <laughs> it's a very weird kind of censorship choice.
4: Mm, mm, mm.
2: But
0: hopefully, when well, if they do any kind of like DVD release or something, it'll be removed and it'll just be what they intended originally.
1: What did? Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I was gonna ask you, what did they intend? I'm like, how would you know? <laughs> the <monsters. laughs>
0: the nonsensical version, the blood, the gore, the eyeball cut in half with a ten- with a.
1: That's what I look can. forward to. Like, I don't know why I enjoy that type of com- like comedy, that type of shows because it's so obviously fake that it just makes me giggle. <laughs>
4: I
0: know why you enjoy the... So, you, are you saying you enjoy the actual, like, the, the guts and the gore and everything?
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Because you you grew up watching stuff like Akira and stuff like that, but for the time was like, whoa, super crazy. Sure. And so, I don't know. That's my guess. Probably. I don't know. But speaking of anime that you grew up watching, that was Inuyasha is a show that you grew up watching. How Inuyasha. is Yashahime, Half Demon Princess, the secret sequel to Inuyasha?
3: That was, was a really you, like, smooth transition.
1: But y- <laughs> calling it out doesn't help, <laughs> yes, it every does. Every time he says, every time he says, like, oh, how was the show? And I'm like, how was the show with you in my head? <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, pick a man. show that I
0: watched with you, it's fine. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Anyway, yeah, we watched yesterday episode nine. Um, this week, Kanton, one of the perils, makes his entrance. The half demon princesses split up. Because demon slaying and bounty hunt, uh, because demon slaying and bounty hunting are separate, but basically reconvene because they need money. So, yeah, <laughs> they meet Kanton and are overpowered, but are saved by a young Meowjo, which is like a turtle-like monster. Apparently, cool. uh, Konton catches up and is overpowered using the help of the little major Mayojo. He flees and they celebrate, and that was the entire episode. Cool. Pretty slow this week, but I'm guessing it's gonna keep going. So
0: mm, probably gonna escalate into a big battle.
1: Probably. Yeah. Hopefully, definitely. Cool. cool. Please, please do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you? Is it linked enough to any Asher at this stage to sort of keep you tied in as a previous viewer, or is it basically like, oh, it, it's it's linked, but I don't really see the connections as much?
1: There are some mentions or like glimpses of people from Inuyasha um like yeah or like what they did like last time I told you they had a uh and last time they had a flashback where they see Inuyasha and Kagome projecting Moraha so it's kind of like a if you're not if you don't watch Inuyasha you're gonna be like what the fuck is this Mm -hmm. but it's also not hard to understand so
0: no but it's not like they've taken another show and just cut and paste Inuyasha over the top
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's its own separate show, so that's good. Yeah, it's yeah. not just a, oh dribs and dregs from Inuyasha. Mm, mm, kind mm. of what? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Fair that's,
0: enough, that's right. I'm thinking of things like Transformers: The Last Night, where it's a story about. Um, it's basically a King Arthur story.
1: I was thinking more Boruto, because it's, but that's also quite separate from Naruto. Mm, like, mm. there's a lot of characters we know from Naruto, but it's not.
0: And you like, don't have to watch Naruto beforehand to really. I mean, enjoy it would it.
1: help, and they yeah. are mentioned quite a bit, but it's not like you don't know.
0: Mm, 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 mm.
2: Fair enough. That makes sense.
0: Well, I don't have a transition for this, so how's hypnosis, Mike Daniel?
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good transition. I think that that is a very good transition. What you did, and we finally get what I have wanted all along in hypnosis, Mike, and that is Mike on Mike action. Woo! <laughs> Matt. Mad Trigger Crew versus... So kinky. (laughs) It's Mad Trigger Crew versus Buster Bros in a... No! In in a Hypnosis Mike fight. And it is... Excuse me? Glorious. (laughs) Because, as it turns out, the head of the Mad Trigger Crew almost got the two younger Buster Bros killed. And... The sister... In the Mike fight, or previously? Previously. And he hates... Okay. He hates the leader of the Buster Bros... I'm uh, sorry, the Buster Bros' leader hates the leader of the, the um, Mad Trigger Crew now. But... <laughs> Mad Trigger Crew's leader's sister... Walked out because of the Buster Bros. Wait, what? Um, it's not explained as to why. But apparently they spilled some big secret on him and... She agreed with him and then just walked out and left him. It's not really explained why, but um Yeah, these guys throw down and it's fucking amazing. We also get introduced to the idea of rap battle abilities. Turns out these are special magic powers that each guy has. Um Magrigar Crew's leader has Counter Strike, which is Berserker, basically. The more he gets hit, the more powerful he becomes. That kind of thing. Whereas Buster Bros has critical hit. Uh, That makes sense. It's exactly what it says on the 10. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is, it's just, it sets things up. Um, All four teams meet. um, And they have a bit of scrap and it sets things up for future that they're all going to fight. And it's great and I love it and I want more of it. (laughs) <laughs> That's cool. Of
1: um, all weeks, of all weeks, I know I not know. to watch it. This sounds like such a good episode. At mm, 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 least we Kat. know <laughs>
0: we know going into it,
2: it's going to be great. Hmm,
1: you're not wrong. Yeah, and
2: each and <laughs> no. each team member gets a like a a one one or two verses to just show off and go to town, and it's great.
0: Mm, mm. Fair enough. Well, If you think about, it, like, if you like my thoughts on uh, hypnosis, Mike, is that it's basically yeah, an idol go. show. Just a little bit different, so I it's didn't... like a slightly different idol show. You follow a performing group; they perform. The episode focuses on them. They have fans and whatever, but it's just that this idol group happen to also be good people, as opposed to just people who want to sit around and cook and watch TV and be on TV all day.
1: Are we doing a shit on Skipper this
0: week? I was just gonna ask Daniel what his thoughts were compared to Skipper <laughs> on in terms of.
2: I wanted to to mention it when we were doing that, but I never got a chance to. Um, This is, in this particular case, it is an idol show. But they actually do things with the world and do things with their characters. Also, each character is distinct and has a distinct character design. And each group has a distinct character design. And Mm -hmm. there's actual motivations and writing behind the teams. Mm. Honestly, it's definitely. superior in yeah, every conceivable good. way, to be honest. Cause this, no, it, it definitely is. Like, actual love and care went into, like, the design of everyone. Like, for example, Fling Posse. Um, mm. Their leader. There is something going on with their leader. Like... <laughs> I don't know if he's a double agent. I don't know if he's just a dick. But I'm getting a very <laughs> I, I'm getting very much a talentless nana vibe of him. Like he is nana. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like I'm getting that vibe of him because he's he's kind of in the last couple of episodes got me Jewel I have a happy and hi hi kind of Personality and Venvi in a "I'm going to kill you all" kind of monologue. Ah,
1: the
2: main so, type of personality. Yeah, <laughs> and like thats cool. And his design is—you know—there's a lot of loud colors and all that. And mm. also, they're all different heights. Like, <laughs> it just minor things like that just make it better in every conceivable way. Mm, yep, mm. yep. And this is ignoring mm. the actual setting. Because, like... Hmm. And I realise I've said Cos like a, a half a dozen times. I can hear it as well. You can all shut up about that. <laughs> <laughs> but ignoring the setting, ignoring the fact that this is rap music as a, compared to whatever genre they... Um, uh, Sookie Pro or whatever it is... Um, use. They put actual care into their story and they use their music. It's not just... <laughs> Here is a musical interlude for for whatever, for whatever mm. inane reason we have. No, it's like, no, actually, the music is going to be the highlight of the episode, and we're going to use it to beat up someone.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense. Easy enough. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're really enjoying it, and I'm hoping that it continues. There's only. I'm guessing it's not a long, long show. I'm going to guess it's probably like 13 episodes in the end of it all. So it sounds I, like we're yeah. coming close to an end. <laughs> also,
2: also, just in terms of like story-wise, we're getting to that point where we're going to wrap up. Because we're at the district mm. battle right now. So this was the first round. Mm. Presumably, yeah. there'll be one more round of the other two teams, then the grand final, then a final one where they either set up the second season or the actual big bad shows up. Oh, that's another thing we got to see. We got to see the um the actual government people today. which oh, yes. was, Which was interesting like we got to see the um, ruler of the parliament of words which is kind of sweet cool Mm.
0: excellent well speaking of sweet things I understand that uh, there's a 11 year old boy who runs some kind of cleaning business with slimes that look pretty sweet how is by the grace of gods this week Ty
1: yes uh, by the grace of gods uh, episode 8 it was okay (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, so last time Ryoma was trying to set up his laundry business, this time he opens up his laundry business <laughs> with his slimes. He gets some human help through the merchant and, his, and the guild, and um, holds an opening party. Oh, an opening party. <laughs> They're flooded with so much business, they couldn't take any breaks, and he just decides to hire more people.
0: But don't the slimes do all the work?
1: The slimes do the cleaning, but it's more for the people who have to take the... Admin. Admin. Yeah. The talkie rolls. <laughs> of <laughs> the, Yeah, the talkie rolls of, like, I'm going to take your clothes, mm-hmm. have a number, come mm-hmm. back, this exchange this number or placard for your clothes or your gear, your weapons, whatever.
0: Fair enough. That makes sense.
1: It was pretty boring, and I'm legitimately disappointed that he has not ventured out yet even though he said, like, four episodes or three episodes ago, I need to go out into the real world so I don't become a bad person. (laughs) I suppose establishing your own business is kind of part of that.
4: Mm, Potentially.
1: But at the same time, I just want some good fighting scenes (laughs) and not him to get everything right.
0: Do you think they're going to go down that path or do you think it's going to stay in the... I
1: think it's meant to be a very wholesome show and I feel like we watched so much fantasy in the beginning that I'm, like, craving good... Fighting and good, mm. like, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, like the kind of good fighting that we've seen in Jujutsu Kaisen.
1: Yes, definitely that. How's More that Jujutsu been- Kaisen, please. <laughs>
0: How's that been happening, Rob?
3: Um, yeah, really good episode. Uh, basically, what?
0: That's excellent. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> was, we'll move
3: on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hint, hint. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, our Jujutsu crew further investigate the Akatsuki, um, and they go further into the theater incident, which is where three students were pretty much turned into dead, uh, deformed versions of their former self. Um, and we learn more about our characters, so there's one in particular, um, that, our main character, Itadori, uh, explores with, basically, and he's, like, I don't want to say, like, autistic, but he's very, um, how would you say? Hyper-focused? Hyper-focused, very fact-focused, doesn't really care about relationship, doesn't care about, um, like, making anything softer, he like he's super blunt about everything he says. That he doesn't care about Jujutsu sorcerers. He's like, oh my god, super unsociable. Um, I think you are autistic? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but he's really, really switched on, really interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing more about his character. Um, okay. And yeah,
1: Rob, Sorry. I wasn't talking about Itadori. <laughs> I was talking about Zach. <laughs> <laughs> when you were describing that I was like Oh no Oh my god this describes actuity
0: We're not gonna focus on this but you cannot say that just because my transitions are blunt and to the point. Oh no that's
1: no 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 yeah, no that's sweetheart. not even half of <laughs> it. That's not even that's not even half of it, yeah.
3: That is the iceberg of the symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> but can it be the
0: cause of the symptoms? I'd rather it be the cause than the iceberg.
1: The cause? The cause? Let us yes, that's exactly. a gem of a statement.
0: That was the joke I was going for. I don't know enough lettuces. Is it gem
2: lettuce or
4: lettuce? Yes. Oh, I see.
1: <laughs> don't butter me up. Because also butter lettuce is a thing.
2: Look, we've gone off on a tangent here. We need to bring it back to the cosine. Wait, I yeah, was <laughs> just gonna
3: say that.
4: <laughs>
2: uh... <laughs> Mouth jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Things have gone poorly. Rob, is there anything else left in Jujutsu guys Kaisen that you wanted to discuss besides the autistic character?
3: Yeah, um, Moving on from you, um, it's a really good show, uh, <laughs> and um, I love the characters, I love the world, I love the writing, it's super serious, it's very life or death, yet there's, every now and then, there's just a beautiful touch of whimsy that explores a bit of the character niches, and I love it. I really, really like this show. Again, mm-hmm. 9.5 Jujutsu Kaisen's Ooh. out of 10, definitely <laughs> recommend high. it.
0: Yeah, wow, awesome. That's well. very high. Speaking of things that are high, how high were the writers of Sleepy Princess and a Demon Castle this week, Ty? Because from what I
1: saw, they looked pretty high. I honestly think they were very high when they were worth this because... What the fuck? <laughs> um, so, Sleepy Princess episode 8. She has a nightmare and shares it with the demons. We kind of infer from that that the hero is meant to be her fiancé. Which is interesting in general.
0: Explains why he's so desperate to get her back.
1: I guess, but it's, like, never mentioned before this, and it's, like, eight episodes in, really? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Next bit, she gets a cavity, and is just really dramatic about it. Like, she, she won't let the dentist see, nor touch her mouth, or anywhere near her mouth. So it becomes a big ordeal, and all demons and everyone thinks she's dying. It has to get, like, major surgery. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but funny.
0: <laughs> is it like,
1: oh, poor me, I have a cavity, am I? No, no, no. She has like a complex that her tongue is smaller than average, so she's like, "No one touch me, or touch my mouth, or look inside my mouth. They'll know that my tongue is small, slightly smaller than average." <laughs> and even in the anime, they're like, they stamp trivial over it, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh damn. Um, yeah, so we also see the hero fighting the big volcano boss. They some some big volcano boss, one of the big ten. They gave the boss a bunch of weapons to defeat the hero, but some of the demons forgot. They swapped out stuff from his, like the sack that he was going to take to the battle. So they modified stuff. Uh, they swapped stuff. They put stuff in there uh, to appease the princess. And when the big volcano boss loses. And he's like, why did you put avocados instead of grenades? They're like, oh, oh, it was, it was, it was the princess. Clearly, clearly it was the princess. So basically falsely accuse her and it's just, don't, they don't own up to their mistakes at all and just laugh about it <laughs> and try and stop him from from confronting the princess. Like, no, 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 we should just forgive her. <laughs>
0: was one of them actually avocados for grenades? Yes. That's leg- so funny. Legitimately.
4: <laughs> that's so funny. funny. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's great. Cool. Are there any areas of the show that you think could be improved?
1: I don't know. It's kind of boring somehow, but it's it's also kind of like, what the fuck is she going to do this time? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, damn shenanigans. I want to know.
0: Cool. Fair enough. Well, it's just, As long as it's going to continue on, it sounds like it's a fun time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Excellent.
0: Well, every day can be fun with a dog and a cat. Which is not the title of the show, but it's an approximation of the title of the show. With a cat and a dog, every day is fun. You're
3: funny. <laughs> uh, so your this your transition, week is... I say, mrow.
0: <laughs> well, you'll be glad to know we get two meows this week, Rob.
1: I demand more.
0: More? I, I would like more. I would be happy if the entire thing was just mrow, mrow, mrow. Just over and over again. I'd be happy with that for a minute at a time. Uh but as as all dog owners know, petting a dog is great because they love it, awake or asleep. But a cat at le uh, a cat will lead you on like it wants to be pet, but it won't let you touch it. That's exactly what we see happen this week, as the owner tries to she pats a dog and he's like,
1: Yeah, yes and then she goes to pet the cat
0: and he's like no no.
1: You will not touch me, human.
0: hmm <laughs> And as he finally touches her she finally touches him, he runs away and we get a superimposed <laughs>
2: Sounds exactly like I your have... cats, to be honest.
0: That's to you guys. Our cat, one of our cats loves us and she will not leave us alone. So much so that she pushes the microphone, and she knows exactly when I finish work and she comes to the door and screams that I pick her up.
1: Oh, uh, I wish you were kidding, but listeners, she is the clingiest of cats.
0: <laughs> if I ever have to work back in the office, I don't know how she's
2: going to survive.
1: Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the answer is po-
2: the answer is poorly, man. Very poorly. <laughs>
1: Legitimately, two thirty arrives and she's like, "Meow, meow, meow," because Zach's door is closed because she is not allowed in while he's working for mm-hmm. for reasons like sitting on the keyboard. <laughs>
3: yeah, obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we legit put my reasons. laptop.
1: Yeah. We'll... <laughs> We legit brought my old laptop in so she can like mirror what Zach does because apparently that's what cats like to do mm-hmm. and that's why they sit on your laptop and she's just like no I don't want an old laptop I want my papa <laughs> and she like throws herself <laughs> at him.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The early morning is the worst when I start work and she just like pushes herself onto my chest and I have to hold her or have my chest just ripped out by her claws because she'll put her claws in and just fall off. Like I'm a pair of curtains.
2: Personally, I think you should take the, um... The the claws, man. It sounds like a better choice. (laughs) I'm sure
0: my clients feel the same way. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Uh, The second part of the show, we do have a secondary part, where Ah. the the owner loses all of her files, speaking of computers and work, she loses all of her files, and she's very sad. The dog is immediately reacting like, oh my god, how can I help you? And, And instead of taking a... Following role takes a leading role, so he'll lead her around the house and things, and she's like, "Oh, that's so much! I'm so glad that he cares about me." And the cat cares too, but she just—the cat won't let her like get the love that she expects. The cat is like, "I'm next to you; that should be enough." And she's like, "No, love me!" And she reaches out to grab him, and he runs and uh, runs to his scratching post, and then he comes back, and she grabs him again. He runs to look outside, and he's like, "I was on my way to look outside." That was so funny. (laughs) And that's sort of where it ends. We get another superimposed meow as the cat is running away from her. The show remains very cute and very accurate. And it's definitely what it's like having a cat and a dog. So I will continue to watch it. It's a fantastic show. That's
3: good to hear. That's
1: good to hear. Thousand percent agreed.
4: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. you know, there's not really much of a transition, especially not into this week's episode. So, Ty, how was uh, Wondering Witch the journey of Elena this week? It was...
1: Brutal. else. <laughs> yeah, that was something else. So, Wondering Witch episode 9, guys. Wondering Witch episode 9. She takes a short-term job that pays a huge bag of money, as big as her torso. It's like fucking stacks of coins. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably even bigger stacks than that. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Yeah, it's like half of her body, I reckon. Mm. <laughs> um, she. Uh, the person offering the job, Estelle, found the second district murderer, because apparently there was a murderer in this episode. And that murderer was her childhood friend called Selena. Upon finding her and Selena repenting, she executes her. She wants. Elena to help save uh, Selena in the past by using ancient time-traveling by using ancient time-traveling magic that she's been researching, because she's also a witch
2: Oh, that can't go wrong in any way shape or form
1: (sighs) Yeah, so have a guess what happens
3: (laughs) Things go incredibly well
1: Yes, Yes. but also No (laughs) Uh so apparently Selena's parents were murdered by a robber, and she was then abused by her uncle, who she killed because she was being abused. but upon killing him, she got a taste for murder and kept doing it as I guess you do mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh they go to the past together by sharing their magic in hopes to drive the robber out, and so Selena can be. Happy, finally. Uh, Elena scopes out the hu- the house while Estelle helps save their parents. Oh, the Selena's parents. And she leads them away, and all of a sudden, um, Elena's like, oh, power! my power is being used. Oh, Estelle must be fighting the robber. Oh, I'll, I'll get over there. Well, we find out that Selena was abused by her parents and killed them. And we find, uh, El- Elena finds. Uh, Selena standing over her parents' bodies as well as Estelle's body. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And basically, Estelle had to kill her best friend again, or her childhood friend. So that was really gruesome and really sad. But she had to overuse her power and sacrifice her memories and life force in order to kill her. So it was kind of sad in a way. Mm.
2: That's oh, that is sad. really messed up as well. Like, that's not a... Yeah. That's not like a, shank, you're dead. That's a, I'm going to just throw my entire life force and memories into you. Mm.
1: I think mm-hmm. it's just like she overexerted herself so much in, try- in trying to kill her that that's what happened
0: she specifically says like oh I, i've since you've always been crazy because i thought you were a good person and you had something bad happen to you and it ruined ch- changed your life but it turns out you are crazy yeah and everything we all of our life was lies together basically so i don't want those memories anymore so i'm going to u- f- use them to fuel my attack uh, to kill you gotcha gotcha like, that's horrible horrible situation of a
2: Rob, why mm-hmm. can't I inspire that much hatred in you for me? I i mean, like, I've been trying for years, but you only give me just basic level of scorn, to be honest.
3: <laughs> well, I don't think you realise this, but you're actually quite lovable, and that is your absolute downfall.
2: Mm-hmm. Crap. Well,
4: <laughs> I mean, I can't, really cuddly, de- cuddly,
1: bro.
3: I can't really de- deny that. I am
2: incredibly cuddable. <laughs> 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 I was going to try and say, cuddly and... Adorable, and I ended up with cuttable. That says
1: something. (laughs) Zach's new uh, adjective... Daniel's new adjective, cuttable. And that just sounds like cuttable, Mm -hmm. so that's just making me giggle harder. (laughs) Well,
2: that's what I said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of cuttable, a lot of the main characters in Higurashi, when they cry, new, are very cuttable, Uh. because they just keep getting stabbed over and over again they all just keep being killed and coming back but this week it's lunchtime so after the murders of last week we're back to the pre-festival period once again and the girls of the group have all made beautiful lunches leading Keichi to claim that he can cook an even better lunch uh but he can't and nearly burns down his house (laughs) he is saved by Satoko and Rika
1: excuse me are we talking about KT or you?
0: Both of us. And I, I, he makes a stir fry by cutting everything up, which was a good start, putting literally everything raw in the pan, and then going to get a teaspoon of oil. And he says, what the hell's a teaspoon? Gets a ladle, fills the ladle with oil, and then turns on the stove.
1: Uh, no, no, no. The stove was already on. He throws in the ladle of oil, yeah. and it just bursts into flames. It's a
0: huge pillar of flame uh so Satoko and rika make an appearance uh they save him <laughs> and they put out the fire Satoko makes a delicious dinner and we find out that she has a secret brother that was around and isn't around anymore uh satako comes back the next day to cook again and sends Keichi to wash his hands in a dark room a dark room with a tripwire a tripwire that leads to a huge trap and Keichi walks into the dark room Trips the tripwire. But it's just a harmless prank and a whole bunch of plastic containers fall on top of him. And she made she did it just to make him laugh. Uh, We find out some conflicting stories about Satoko's family. But eventually it's revealed that her parents were against the dam that was being... uh, They weren't against the dam that was being built, which is the whole... uh, Basically the cause of the curse. Or most recent cause of the curse. And they were going to take a government package to leave town. And they mysteriously died. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Zach here. Uh, Zach of the future is what I normally say, but it's halfway through the podcast. And our microphones died. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. So you'll see a distinct drop in quality from here on out from Zach and Ty for this episode. And we'll go from there. So I'll go get back into Higurashi, where Satoko's parents fell from an observation platform. And... It's very suspicious, because people don't often fall from observation platforms, and when they do, it's rare that you would have a second person following you falling, so it's a very suspicious death. And Satoko's brother is missing as of last year's festival, so they try not to talk about it so that Satoko won't have to deal with the pain of knowing, of people discussing what happened to her family. Further beyond that, though, they also, uh, when discussing this, Reina had a bit of a dropped face like they do whenever anybody brings up the dam. So. It's a bit odd that she would be that way inclined about her family. But we also find out that Reina, no, not Reina, Rika and Satoko live together. But at the end of the episode, Satoko goes to her uncle's house, which is odd because she apparently lives with Rika. So earlier in the episode as well, we would had the coach of the baseball team say that he was going to marry Satoko when she's older, which is leading me to believe that she's some kind of prostitute for some reason, most likely because her family's dead and she needs the money. But you never know. That's my guess at the moment. Overall, though, I wouldn't be continuing to watch this show if it wasn't for Ty saying that the original was good and this is a remake or a continuation. It's not really clear. I don't really like that we're not getting a story or a resolution or a goal. We're just resetting, but there's no meaning behind it. What does it do? Who is resetting? Why are they resetting? What's causing it? It's basically just strange resets for no reason. It sounds a Uh, bit rudderless,
2: to be honest. Like it doesn't know what it wants to do or where it wants to go.
0: Well, it definitely—it feels like it wants to be doing this. Like none of it sounds by a mistake or anything. It just doesn't have a storyline. (laughs)
4: What
0: do you mean? There's no overall goal. Like, if we're assuming that Rika is the one stuck in a Groundhog Day scenario, what is her goal? What's causing the scenario? what is Rika doing to change things? Does she want to change things? Does she want things to stay the same? Is there a specific set of circumstances?
1: That's what I was saying before, where it kind of half gives you the answer, and then it's just, and then you're like, well, well, okay, if this is the case, and if that's the case, then, like, you can kind of... You can either fill in the gaps or make wrong conclusions, which, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> either way, it... Leaves you being all like, oh, well, either this is the answer or that's the answer. And you're just like, well, what's happening? And if that's the point. No,
0: but it's like, as an example, in Groundhog Day, the objective is for Bill Murray to get out of the loop. And we see him trying to get out of the loop. We see him doing things in the original, in the beginning, he's like, just having a bit of fun. And then he gets to the point where he's trying to kill himself. And Mm -hmm. then he gets to the point where he knows every second of that day so well, where he's basically just got everything down to a pat. My Where he could' power. have been there for ten thousand years, basically they don't really know how long it's there for
2: actually I but believe the- someone did do the maths, and it is something mm. like thirty four years he was trapped in a single day what mm.
3: how do- okay, can we quickly just go into that do you know the- do you know the deets?
2: Well, I think someone like worked out um uh someone worked at like the various skills he learned. Mm. Um, and how long it would take to, um, uh, master,
0: like, there's probably, it probably hinges a lot around the piano, where he, decides to learn the piano from an absolute noob, to then goes to, basically, one of the greatest pianists of all time. Exactly, yeah. Over the course of one day. Yeah,
1: I think it's a slow burn...
0: No, but there's no, there's nothing. It's just a reset, and there's no carry-on, there's no lessons to be learned. It's not like, oh, Reyna did this, and this is what's happening. It's literally, sorry, end, reset, new story. Great, interesting new story, and New character reveal, mysterious brother, mysterious sister in Shion that we've never heard of before.
1: Well, that's why part of me thinks it might be a continuation from season one and two, but... The other part of me is like it feels like a remake, but they're doing it weirdly, and so I'm like, maybe with it because I've watched season one and two. I'm just like, oh yeah, whatever.
0: Mm. Either but, way, I don't, I don't know. I I just wish there was a little bit more information as to the overall the meta story that's happening. Like, yeah, what's the point of all this? Is there someone that's remembering? Is it, is it Rika? does she remember in the moment, or does she get flashes of memory? Like, we've seen that Keiichi remembers beating Rainer to death with a baseball bat, but that never happened. But then he doesn't remember it again. So it's hard to say what the lesson is, what's the point, where, where is any of the story happening, because the story just ends and then it starts again.
1: Eh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, just, I watched it very lightheartedly and then was just like, what the fuck, this is so cool. Mm. And I did watch it as a high schooler too, so no, I, I like, mean, or yeah. F- whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I've, got, I've even read here. Like, I just wish there was more information. And without the mystery element, it actually would just be a pretty fun slice of life show, which I quite enjoy. Yeah, like if you took out the murders, it's like, like, oh, we we got a colonel statue. Uh, that's fun and silly. Oh, we went and we investigated the the ritual uh, storehouse, and there was weird tools. That's weird, but it was a bit of fun. In this episode, Katie tries to make lunch and makes a fire tornado. <laughs> Bit of fun.
1: <laughs> I just think you're over-analyzing it, that's all.
0: But there's nothing to analyze. Like, that's the problem, is there's nothing to analyze.
1: That's why it feels like you're over-analyzing it <laughs> when there's nothing, and it could be just a very simple answer.
0: <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Regardless, I'm, I will keep watching, but...
2: Sorry, I just thought you might want to know, but I've actually pulled up the stats for Groundhog Day if you're interested.
0: Uh, not that interested, but give me the summary.
2: <laughs> uh, they've gone through every single action he's done and every um, skill he's learnt. And the entire result equals 12,395 days, which equals 33 years and 350 days. Wow. Gotta kind of feel Living the same day that. over and
0: over.
1: So basically, he's like 50, 60.
0: He's like
2: 40 when the <laughs> movie starts. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: But he's still the same I, age,
2: so he's I got th- 30. I think you'll find that Bill Murray is, in fact, an immortal Norse god, and that his age is indeterminate.
0: No, that's just Ned Ryerson. They, I think not it. Is Ned Ryerson the main character of Groundhog
3: Day? Yeah, I, I thought that's where you are going with that.
0: Anyway, it sounds like there was a new world happening in Groundhog Day. Uh, how is Our Last Crusade or Rise of the New World, Daniel?
2: I... First off, Ned Ryzen is the annoying dude in Groundhog Day, but he keeps on meeting him a puddle. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, and secondly, New Crusaders is really good. Um, so last time we were talking about the Vortex, the constant Vortex, and um, how that the first time when a Vortex opened up, it created the entire Empire. And now they may have found a second one. So everyone starts panicking over this and in this one we see everyone cut loose uh, everyone like it starts fight- like four separate fights break out over this um, vortex Saint disciples start fighting um, the guy if you recall correctly if it was nameless who was like a cyborg green ninja dude very much reminiscent of Genji from Overwatch.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: He shows up and starts fighting Alice, at which point Alice is like, okay, let me just cut loose and freeze, I don't know, like a kilometer radius around me in an appropriately named move called Ice Calamity. Um, Ishka fights, uh, it is Lipless, I think her name is, I can't remember it, I didn't write it down, but um, she is a kind of brainwashed, kind of um, raised witch by one of the noble families of the Witch's Empire. She's basically a tyke bomb and uses a forbidden form of magic that erases things, like I touch this and then it's just gone from reality. Wait, did you Ugh. say tyke ah. bomb? Yes, as in raised from birth to kill people. What? Sorry, I'm
3: not familiar. What is
2: that it's, referencing? Something? No, it, it, it's it's a trope. Basically, um, a child gets taken in by the enemy and is raised from birth to basically be an assassin or a specific kind of oh, weapon. Gotcha. you. know, gotcha. like like you know, like you, you take a child and you raise it to hate the the the, the um the empire. Or the, the emperor of the empire. And then, you know, you put that mm. child in the empire and just let nature take its course to that child finds the emperor and kills him. Yeah. Gotcha, that, that kind, it. that kind of thing. It, she's giving off very heavy vibes of that kind of, um, conditioning and training.
3: Yeah, Roger, Roger. Makes
2: sense. Hmm. Um, this, I don't know if this anime is good or not. Like When we
0: tried to watch it earlier in the season It didn't seem very good
1: Oh I thought it seemed good Oh really? It was just very slow initially Like I'm
2: not calling it bad But I hesitate to call it good Cause there's still that Also Romeo and Juliet vibe That is going through and That is made more apparent Than ever here Cause Hmm. Ishka falls into the Um the vortex and Alice goes to save him. And all Alex wants all Alice wants is to fight Ishka. She wants a lot more than that. Specifically what's in his pants, but she won't admit that to herself, and nor will Ishka.
4: Hmm. Wait, hmm.
2: what's what's in his pants? A banana. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's slightly bigger than a banana. We're, we're talking at least a subway foot long here. <laughs> um,
1: not like sandwiches.
2: <laughs> we have bread, but yeah, Yay! I, I don't know. Like, I I still want to see where this is going because the interactions between Ishka and Alice are still sweet, but it's everything else that just seems kind of irrelevant. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't... I don't know... I don't know about this one. I'm... Yeah, I'm still going to watch it, but I'm... giving up on it. Like, in, like, I, I'm losing hope. That's, for, that's a better way. Uh, yeah, I get you. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that sucks, but at least, at least you've got an idea on if you're enjoying it or not. That's the main thing. And it's not as if you're watching it because it's got too many bears or anything like that. Oh, boom. But... What's happening in Kuma-Kuma-Kuma-Bear this week, Ty? speaking of bears?
1: This week was at least a little bit better (laughs) than the other weeks, but not by much. Yeah, last week we cut... No, we finished the episode last week where there's like a hooded character outside the gates and he's just like, her-her-her-her, evil-evil, evil. evil." (laughs) So episode eight continues that, where we first see a prisoner swearing revenge against the king no matter how many years it takes, as the first scene, and then just cuts to Yuna and her friends trying pizza. So it was like, oh, okay, serious, serious. Happy friendly? Okay. (laughs) So they end up going to visit the castle afterwards, meeting and spending the day with the princess that lives there. The girls create a bear fan club and await the arrival of Cliff, Lady Noir's father. The prisoner from the beginning scene, called Ghoulzam, Ghoulzam, Gulzan? Gulzium. Whatever. Okay. golden who swore revenge, appears and he has 10,000 monsters ready to attack the capital. Well, apparently, Yuna encounters all these monsters on her way to meet Cliff and just. just annihilates them. <laughs> the king gets a play by play through a druid using empathetic link to a bird. Uh, and the and when you know is confronted about it she says she just wanted to stop noah from worrying about her father so doesn't want a reward or anything like that because the king was offering and it was very sweet kind of boring somehow but it was also better than previous episodes <laughs> it's a it's a weird kind of feeling because i'm like oh i want to enjoy this because it's so cute but it's God, it's just—it's just got nothing.
0: It's, mm, there's no substance. Yeah, it's all sizzle, no steak. It's
1: like the by the grace of gods. It's like oh, cool. They have all of this power and they're doing nothing. All mm. right. Mm.
0: <laughs> Unfortunate.
1: Yeah, basically nothing at least.
0: Yeah. No. That's, That's a shame. But what can you do? It's not as if there's a million ways that you can change the show and change things up, is there? You don't know me. I don't know you, but I imagine the <laughs> people who were who were on a million lives might be able to do something, so how was I'm standing on a million lives this week Rob
3: um yeah, it was good uh our heroes continued their cross continent journey to finish their quest um they were on a timer for it, and the timer was getting pretty low um and they get there just in time um in the previous episodes I mentioned that they there was a little bit of ambiguity about exactly what the quest was, what the goods were because they had to transport the goods. Um and it turns out that they they kind of planned for a few scenarios and scenario 3 ended up being the goods, so they complete their quest. Um they're really relieved about that. Um And yeah, so that's the end of the episode as they complete that particular quest and we're one step closer towards, um, the monster being summoned into Tokyo. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward (laughs) episode. A -hmm. few things happen, a few plot twists here and there, characters, uh, being undermined, a little bit of development, but yeah, pretty Mm -hmm. straightforward episode. Um, and yeah, I still, I, I quite like the episode, I quite like the show, um, I like that they understand the world a bit more, it's not so ambiguous, it's not like anxiety fueled. oh god, what do we do? It's more a case mm. of, okay, the DM's gonna fuck us a little bit here, so let's plan for it, and it ends up paying off. Um, and I like that the characters are slowly growing more uh, interesting, as well as their relationships, they're developing a little bit more in this episode, so I quite like it. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad,
0: I'm glad you're liking it. It's a good, it's a good indictment of what's happening there. Are there any elements of the show that you feel are being overdone or overused or anything, or is it all still
3: feeling pretty fresh? Um, I don't know. I think, I think it actually might suffer from, um, I don't know how to explain it. A, a bit of... Bonitis? Um, I, I Sorry? Bonitis No I, I feel like you're is. referencing something from yesterday, but I can't remember what it is.
0: No, it's as a, it a dumb Futurama joke.
3: Ah uh, right, yeah, 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 I remember, yeah, yeah. Um no it, it just seems like um it's quite reactive and I guess I hope that the DM in this anime comes up with something interesting. I hate to say it, like, it it just seems quite straightforward thus far. And I, I, Mm. you know, there are plot twists and whatever, but, um, it's pretty straightforward. So I hope, I hope there's a little bit more pep in the future.
0: Cool. Hopefully so. We can only see. We can, maybe we can beg for it or maybe we can kowtow to the writers (laughs) and ask them to do a bit more. You know who else is doing some kowtowing? What's the main character's name in the show? Uh,
1: it's Suwaru-kun.
0: kun What's Suwarukun kun up to this week in Dogeza? I asked while kowtowing. The show with the greatest closing theme song of all time.
1: Well, today he meets a cute classmate in the nurse's office. Oh. And guess who has a craving to see some pantser?
0: Is it Brooke from One Piece?
1: <laughs> yes. But also... No. Oh, okay.
0: Not um, only. Is it Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z?
1: God damn it, there's too many characters that like panties. All the men? <laughs> I mean, this guy's meant to be in high school, so. Um, anyway, this girl is too shy to lift up her skirt by herself. Or just. Like, I don't know what that means. She's just like, I can't lift up my skirt. She's
0: a normal person. <laughs>
1: It just sounded like she might, with help, so mm, do you think she's going to lift up her skirt, or do you think Swarokun will help her, or do you think he'll just dogeza harder until she gives in, like, 95% of the time?
3: (laughs) Oh my god, this is the best, like, mid-anime quiz ever. Um, um, he's gonna- he's gonna beg more.
1: Well, you'll have to watch it and find out
3: because
1: I'm not suffering alone. Do it. Funny. You know you want to.
2: You'd love the
3: show, Rob. It's so stupid.
1: It's really dumb. I don't know if I love it or hate it because I very much hate it.
3: I mean, that sounds like you hate it. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely feeling like it.
4: You found me out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Well, you know who doesn't need to be found out? Toriko. Toriko doesn't need to be found out, because he's not exactly hiding the fact that he's a gourmet hunter. So, how is gourmet hunting going this weekend, in, in Toriko, Daniel?
2: Uh, I really don't want to respond to your crappy transitions. I really don't. <laughs> uh, Toriko still continues to be great. Um, so... We ended last time with the wolf mother being brutally murdered in front of us. Uh, good news, everybody! She's not quite dead, so Toriko gets to twist at your heartstrings by having a very last moment between the wolf mother and wolf son as she dies. Okay, can, can you?
1: Can, okay, are you saying wolf as in wolf, wolf, or wolf? Wolf. Okay, just
0: double-checking, because I was just like, woof, woof. Yes. It's a very very strange crossover that Wolfmother the band did going into Toriko. The entire band is there. Well, I mean, it is about the Joker
2: and the Thief tonight, so... (laughs) Um, Toriko does not take this death well, and proceeds to just beat the ever-loving shit out of robots. (laughs) (laughs) And right. adopts the son, the wolf's the wolf's son. Here's right. a question: You have a battle wolf. It is an extinct creature that has that has the lineage of noble beast kings in it. Mm-hmm. What do you call it, Ty? You don't get to add. You don't get to answer this because I know you've seen it. Barky what would you call boy. it if
3: you couldn't call it the name that it is? Barky no. boy,
2: Buster bro. <laughs>
4: Bust the
0: bros
2: <laughs> so, Solid name Rob, solid name Zach? Thank you uh, Mad Trigger Wolf Solid, solid Ty what you got uh, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to.
1: I don't
2: know
0: <laughs> he, uh,
1: he,
2: Higurashi, should call him Higurashi? Yes <laughs> I'll
1: um, call him Zach
2: Torico names Those him facts Terry. Facts. Terry Cloth. Because he's so fluffy. No,
1: no, no. Real talk, is because he's named after Terry Cruz and I couldn't use the cruise. <laughs> no, wait, <laughs> so just... hold,
2: hold up. Is that really why?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> wouldn't it be funny? Right,
2: but no. I actually
3: really like that idea. Yeah, no. good idea.
2: He, Torico names him Terry Cloth because his... His fur is so fluffy like a like a tea towel and so he calls it Derek Cloth.
0: Ah, oh, so not like a cheesecloth. He's then gonna go through and like make cheese using the wolf skin. Okay, good to know. No. No. Well
1: that is that is creepy. <laughs> if yeah, I was on a
0: quest yeah. to find the best fruit of all time, I wouldn't let the trivial
2: thing like this wolf is nice to me get in the way of that. <laughs> I mean fair point, but also this is like an ancient this, um, extinct beast who kind of mirrors Toriko. As an aside as well. Perfect we, we get to see someone else's, um, we get to see like this, the third in command of the, um, of the world government, uh, full course meal. And it is mm-hmm. filled with alcohol and tastes like shit. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is just so bad.
0: I mean, that's world governments in general. All they do is basically drink alcohol a day, right? That's what they do? Well, this guy
2: actually gets a, a hole punched into him. And he's like, huh, that's nice. And continues fighting. Like, this isn't like DBZ or like One Piece or anything where you're supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> it's, it's very at odds, but it's kind of awesome. His name is Handsome. Cool. And he keeps on thinking people. Everyone's calling him Handsome. <sighs> it's good grief it's my kind yeah of character. <laughs> rob I'm not gonna lie I, I kind of envisioned this to be your character <laughs> Perfect. Fair time. that's good times well speaking of good times and weird
0: characters that have like keep fighting with holes in them which is actually very poignant this week uh digimon adventure 2020 continues uh but it seems like we've wrapped up the the previous arc about devimon and the one thing that I really liked about this episode was that the threat wasn't because of contrived nonsense about, oh, Devimon summoned these creatures or the Dark Masters turned up. Instead, there were two, you know, side plot lines happening at the same time. The first being uh, Izzy's crew that are trying to deal with the ships that are going to crash into each other. Izzy finds a unique solution.
1: I'm, I'm laughing because of the fact that you call it crew it just <laughs> made me think, oh,
0: Are they going to rock up (laughs) each other? Maybe they do. Who's to say? (laughs) But they finally find a way to stop the ships crashing into each other, which basically amounts to ditch the GPS and just use the old school distress signals and you'll be fine. And that works out pretty well. Hmm. Uh, While that's all happening, because you may recall last week, uh, Ty's crew managed to save Eldoradimon. And in doing so, in saving Eldoradimon, they found themselves on a new continent trapped and unable to leave because they're all exhausted from all the effort they just put through. Sea Seadramon. A giant sea dragon who decides now is the perfect time to attack because I'm hungry. These are new creatures. I'm going to eat them. I'm going to eat them good.
1: Oh, relatable. Nom, nom,
0: nom. Mm. And I thought that was a good way of introducing a new monster of the week without having to be like oh, what are we going to do? We're going to summon the Seadramon. It's like, no, no, you landed in its waters it's hungry. It was good. It was a good uh, like way of introducing it. And I'm going to get on my uh mega ultimate problems for a little bit. I'm very sorry, listeners. Where, as you may recall, in the English dub of the original Digimon Adventure, the ultimate form of, of Kabuterimon is Mega Kabuterimon. Despite the fact that there's a mega form that's called Hercules Kabuterimon. But in Japanese, his name is actually Ultra Kabuterimon. What would you like to think that the ultimate version of Seedramon is
2: called? Horsi. Greg. No. No.
1: (laughs) Did did you say Greg? I'll give you a hint. so funny.
0: I'll give you a hint, though. One of them is called Dark Seedramon. So, if you get to the ultimate form, what do you think you would call it? Considering that you're probably going to go with Blank Seedramon.
2: Ultra Dark Seedramon.
0: Light Seedramon. Mega Seedramon, the ultimate Digimon. <laughs> not Mega Seedramon, the mega version of Seedramon. No, no. Not Kingdra? Not Kingdra. No, not Kingdra. I don't have a King's Rock to try and trade him with. Or a Dragon's Scout.
1: Yeah, Dragon Scale. You- oh, thanks. That's right. You said, you said Kingdra. I said
0: King's Rock, and then I realized it's not, right. not what
1: happens.
0: Uh. <laughs> but anyway, yes, the ultimate version of Mega Seedramon, of Seedramon is called Mega Seedramon, and it makes no sense. But that's fine. Digimon, you're just not going to have a proper naming convention. I don't care anymore. I've given up with that. We get some really cool fight scenes where Greymon gets dragged underwater, where Greymon is not meant to be fighting. And he gets a hole stabbed into him, and data starts pouring out like blood, which is interesting in a kid's show, <laughs> to put it that way. And we get a uh, the most deuses of deus ex as ever, where literally Izzy's crew is summoned into the light and summoned into the fight, because they need help. Uh, makes sense. But we get an awesome shot of Zudamon coming out of the ocean and just being like, ha oh, ha oh, ha, oh, I'm here, and I'm going to ruin everyone's day. <laughs> so that was fun. But I'm excited to see what this new continent holds for the DigiDestined, and I'm not sure if there's going to be many on, like, many more ongoing episodes at the moment, if it's going to be wrapping up for a season break or anything like that. Next week we're getting a Digimon encyclopedia on Patamon, I'm going to guess the following week we're going to get Digimon Encyclopedia on Angemon and that'll probably be the end of the season, would be my guess. No. I know, Yay. it's been a good run. I've had quite a time. <laughs> and there was something in the, upcoming, the uh, upcoming preview for next week that had me really excited, but I have forgotten what it is. So next week is something exciting is happening. I just don't remember what that something is. So that must be pretty crazy. <laughs> Ah, uh, it look. you know, it, all these microphone problems are just, uh, giving me, giving me inspiration to try and figure it out.
1: I was just gonna say amnesia.
0: <laughs> amnesia? Microphone issues? It did the same thing, that makes sense. Oh! Oh, I remember what it was. I was, I'm actually just skipping through to the end so I can double check, but I remember what it was without having to do that. Padamon has wings coming out of his hind legs, just like Angemon's wings come out. That's an exciting time. Everyone's gonna have an exciting time that way. It's gonna be a good time. And that's really about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time for all. That's a bit I'm just I'm rewatching it just to make sure. Ah no! Agamon gets sucked into a Digivice.
3: Oh my god. This is that's the what worst. It was. Sorry. This is the worst I, review or whatever. So it's so know.
2: it's become Pokemon when it's what you're saying. No, it's become the original
0: Digimon, because the original Digimon before the T V show was a little device where you kept your Digimon alive.
2: Remember, like, we, Tamagotchis? We, yeah, no, I I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I can cut all that.
1: I killed all of my Tamagotchis.
2: <laughs> That's a shame. I
0: have one of the, the actual Digimon ones that you were meant to walk with, but then everyone in school figured out if you just shook it, it counted steps, so we'd all stand, sit around the desk and be like, shake, 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 shake. Under,
1: under your desk? No, at lunchtime. In the middle of your...
0: No, at lunchtime, literally next to our ears, because you had to hear it, you had to wait for the, the the clicker had to go through, so it was like shake, 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 so we were listening for the clicker, like a a can of
2: spray paint.
4: Mm,
0: Like a can
3: of spray paint.
0: Anyway, we all had a good time like that, and our Digimon evolved very quickly. So, (laughs) uh, that would bring us then to our main topic of the week, which is the Promised Neverland Season 1. And what happened, or what happened in Season 1 of Promised Neverland, Rob? Do you want to give us a, a breakdown? ...of what the show is and what it's about?
3: Yeah, um, so basically we follow... ...I want to say three of our main characters... Um, ...who are in an orphanage... ...with a lot of other kids... ...none above the age of 11... Um, ...and basically we find out that not everything is as it seems... Um, ...they're not actually in a typical orphanage... That it's more actually a farm, and their mum, who is their carer, uh, is kind of their security guard whose arm is being twisted into basically making sure the kids feel loved, their brains develop, and that they get eaten at the ripe old age of 6 to 12, depending on how stupid they are. Um, <laughs> twisted is a strong
2: and... word there, by the way. It's not really being twisted. <laughs>
3: It's not really being what?
2: The mom is not really being coerced into much here.
3: <laughs> I mean, they- uh, Yeah, they, she is. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> don't- Survival! Yeah. Like, it's life or death, and also she kind of uh, mental gymnastics her way into, this is the best I can do, I can at least give these children a good life before they die, and if I'm good at my job, they won't know what hit them, and they'll have lived a good and happy life. Um, which is really really sad. Um, but I I don't want to spoil how it ends just yet. I guess, or do I want to? Zach? Uh,
0: we'll do no spoilers. We'll try a new to- a new uh, approach this week, listeners. We'll do a no spoilers summary, and then we'll do a spoilers talk, in case you're interested.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. half of it's kind of I can... half it's
0: revealed in the first episode. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. But that's fine. We'll do a non spoilery section. Anything after the first episode is off the table. Mm-hmm. essentially, besides the general stuff.
1: Which Rob's pretty much covered thoroughly. Yeah,
0: pretty much. So as of from here on out, listeners, we're going to be having spoilers, actual spoilers. If you care, stop listening from here. Go watch the show. Season
3: two comes out in a few weeks. It's going to be a fun time for all. It's, yeah, it's really good. I would recommend watching it. Mm, mm, mm. Do you want to continue with spoilers then? Do you want yeah. to? Um, okay. Basically, well, I mean, literally the next thing that I was going to say is that they plan to escape um over the course of the season a lot of shit happens and by almost sheer luck if not sheer luck and absurd genius they manage to succeed um and it's a really really good time like it's a bit it's a bit death in the aha but i outsmarted you here aha i outsmarted you there but it doesn't get too bad on that side of things, it's a really good show. I really, really liked it.
4: Hmm. Hmm.
0: I quite enjoy that that element as well, that side of it all. Uh, did you have any particular comments or thoughts around the overall outline, Daniel?
2: Or things that you may have liked or not liked? I really did like the back and forth between the kids and Isabella. Um, mm. <clears throat> Like the, I know that you know, but you know that I know, that entire thing. Mm. Yeah, it, it did get a bit repetitive, but it didn't, none of it ever felt forced, which is mm. full credit to the writers. This was a great mystery. Like, there wasn't yeah. anything here that felt particularly yep. contrived except for one very specific thing, but I kind of get that one, which is Norman's final hurrah. Mm. Mm. But I did have a Fair question enough. for you guys, and that was about Ooh. Sister Corn. Crone, 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 yeah, Crone, sorry.
3: (laughs) Sister Crone. The children of the corn.
2: Did any of you feel bad for her death? No. Not
3: really. Kind of.
2: I felt bad for her as well, Rob, to be fair. Why? Because she basically, at the end, realised just how fucked up she was. Like in in the space of about five seconds, she realized everything that she had done and just how pointless and fruit fruit, fruit futile her existence was. And I guess so. I'm
4: not
0: I'm not in the habit of feeling sorry for people who screw everybody else over to further their own goals, and yeah. only when they get screwed over themselves realize what a horrible person they are.
1: Yeah, same. It's kind of like you had to come in. Mm.
0: No, her entire goal was to overthrow Isabella. Now, you can we can argue to the cows come home if that was a good good goal or not, but her goal was literally get her thrown out and take her place. I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who go into a situation like that and then when they get what they want, what they, they're about to get what they want and it gets taken away because they were being worked against. It's kind of like when cheaters but, yeah.
1: get caught and then they're sorry and they feel sorry, mm. and it's just I, like, well, too bad.
2: Yeah, you no, know, I, I get that point of view. No, I I can see that. It, it just particularly yeah. like that particular death it was more just like Ah, uh, okay, but you get a single redeeming human moment, that's fine. But no, you know, I yeah. I, I can I can completely yeah. see as to um how you would have no sympathy for her. I mean, to be fair, yeah, she was gonna throw some kids in a blender. Mm-hmm. I, 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 she, I, I even
1: though she even though she made the deal with the kids to not kill them, which I thought was hilarious I'm certain if she actually took Isabella's place, she would throw them in the blender immediately. Oh, both vo- mm. kids are she's
2: hamburgers. Outrace, does it?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, both yeah, kids are hamburgers, there's no, there's no ifs or buts about that. Mm, mm, mm.
0: Yeah, I have no, no sympathy for her whatsoever. I mean, I might have had more sympathy if her backstory was fleshed out a bit more, mm, and really. we could see if she were, if she went from someone who was like, "Oh, I'm going to try and bring down the system," and then she just gets caught up in it. I could be, yeah. see a bit more sympathy for that, but that's just speculation. I don't know if that, if that's going to happen. I doubt it. If she's dead, <laughs> I Did don't think we're sy- going to get a backstory.
1: Did you have sympathy for Isabella then?
0: Not really, because she's been at this long enough where she's made her choice. And she she's accepted the situation that she's in, but that doesn't make her a sympathetic character to me.
1: But they've fleshed out a lot of her backstory. That was your point.
0: Yeah, but I didn't feel sympathy for her
1: because they're doing a bad thing, or
0: because she's thirty-one years old, produces these high-quality steaks or high-quality meals on the basis of well, I've, if I do it, they won't see it, like they won't feel it.
4: You know,
0: I, I thought I, it
1: was more of a like uh, I think it was what Dana was saying before, where at least they've lived a good life up to that point.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't make it better.
1: Oh, okay, so then, so if you were trying to overthrow the system and get caught up, but still participated in the act of, um, she killing stopped. of children... She then? stopped
0: trying to overthrow the system, though.
1: Because it came up and put her in the butt, so basically shit caught up with her. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? It seems kind of just counter... i counterintuitive, what is it? Like, just oh, well, if her backstory was fleshed out... But we've got a backstory fleshed out, and <laughs> <better. laughs> I don't
3: think that was specific to Sister Crone, not to yeah. Mum.
0: Yeah. It's not the, oh, a backstory makes you sympathetic. It's that if that was Crone's backstory, I would be more sympathetic with her death. But that doesn't
2: apply to Mum, because... Or That's Isabella. Was... Because we... she's still... Anyway, to. It's the same I mean, thing! It's not you, the we... same thing. <laughs> I mean, actually, on Isabella's backstory, we did actually get a glimpse of that, and... Uh raise her kid? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's yeah. that's a thing that I didn't see coming. But also Yeah, I can get I can get we needed more fleshed out backstories for everyone here. Like
1: I think they did a great job with the backstories where they gave you just enough information for you to conclude what you will. And I think they kind of went a little bit deeper in Isabella's for the sole reason that she's the mama. Hmm.
0: So in that case, Ty, what? How do you do you view Isabella as a sympathetic character?
1: I think they most of the mamas that mothers um, whatever that go into it were looking to take care of their siblings and their fra- you know other uh, children, hmm. and then they were like blindsided with, oh fuck, this is an actual farm.
0: Yeah, but do you feel sympathetic for Isabella? I'm not asking generally, I'm asking specifically in Isabella's case, do you feel sympathy for her as a character?
1: Not really. Kind of, but not really. Why not? Because she's still participating in the death of her children, even if she does want to give them a good life up to that point. Doesn't change the fact that you're killing them. Exactly. That's why I think even if Sister Crone was to take over the system she actively was participating in it
0: i don't think you're understanding what my, my point was if you, you literally just pointed out my point but you're not getting it
1: okay yeah. I explain explain no
0: it doesn't matter let's move on you're not gonna if you've said what i was saying you're not getting it i'm not gonna explain it to you anymore I'll explain i'll talk to you about it after after the show
4: ah, fine.
0: <laughs> this is not good podcast <laughs> so what did you did you feel my sympathy for
3: isabella wrong? No, not really. I thought that... Um... <sighs> like, okay, I feel sympathy for all the characters to the extent that they're locked in that farm system, right? And a lot of them do the best they can. I, I think Isabella does similarly. I don't know that you can survive in that world and actively help anybody. I think at best... You can have a situation that she kind of had where she raised such good quality meat that it managed to escape. Um, Honestly, like she'll probably end up dying anyway, right? After the escape, like they're gonna fuck her up real bad, Mm -hmm. just probably straight up eat her. Um, But I feel like, yeah, the best thing that you can possibly do is probably what she did, and I have. Yeah, no sympathy for her. I just feel sorry for everybody equally, almost. And I feel like if the kids managed to survive... Um... Like, in the farm system somehow... I think they would just turn up as warped as anybody else. And that... Them trying to escape was... I don't know, it was... Yeah, I think that's the only reason that I feel any more sympathy for the kids is because they made one right decision as opposed to the others who were like, nah, I'll sell myself out. You you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. I think I get you there. Like, literally, the only reason the kids are more likable is that one decision that they made. And also, you can't really compare them because I feel like this particular orphanage, this farm, you had amazing kids there. Like, they were fucking, like, next-level big-brain... Intelligent, mm. and they had incredible bonds, and they had like Ray himself. If it weren't for Ray, I don't know that they would have gotten as far as they did. Maybe their hand would have been forced. Maybe they wouldn't have escaped. Maybe they would have folded, just like everybody else, you know. So mm. it's it's a really hard question, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure.
0: Fair enough. That makes sense. That's all right. Um.
2: So on the topic of Ray, though. He got kids killed. Like he spent no, I... six he spent six years doing nothing and helping mu- mum um keep an eye on the kids. Yes. He's he he like he's between six and twelve at that stage. That's kind of horrific for a kid. He's got blood on his hands.
0: He does, but at the oh. same time. What are you going to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he knew the situation from birth. It wasn't like he figured it out. He knew the entire time what was happening because he didn't get infantile amnesia. And he wanted to try and escape, but he was of the belief you can't save
3: everyone. And also, I think he was kind of biding his time so that when he did, you know, do it, it wasn't just going to fail. Like, he chose his time, and he made the sacrifices he thought were necessary. Hmm.
0: And he never planned on escaping himself. He wanted the people he cared about to escape, which is petty, but he's also a child. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much we can ascribe emotion or morals onto a child. That's true. Because he even points out at one point, when he's going to burn himself alive, he says, I'm doing this, this is a very petty childish reaction. But I'm going to do it anyway. You can't have me. I'm a human being. You can't have my meat.
2: Yeah, no, I I get that. It's
3: just... Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, it just makes me feel sad for him. It gives me some sympathy to him. Because it's like... That's got away fucking heavily. Like, no wonder he's like a antisocial, book reading, depresso, and I guess he covers the book reading thing but even that is like, wow what a character, like what an uh, stoic, I guess
2: So what is the difference between him and Isabella or um, sister? Uh,
3: In terms of sympathy? His goal is saving the kids, as many as he can, and not giving into the system, whereas the others do give into to the system quite happily.
2: I wouldn't I don't know say about quite. Happily. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't say happily. <laughs> so, if you give given the choice well.
0: of either die or work for us, most people, I imagine, would choose work for us.
2: So, really, what you're saying is, Rob, that the only real reason Ray is sympathetic in this case is his suicidal tendencies.
3: That's not about suicidal, but he. He makes his choice, and that is to escape. I feel like it's almost like the rebellious nature of young boys, or maybe not even young boys, but like it just comes into my head like teenage boys, like really, really much more rebellious, I feel like on the extremities. And I feel like, you know, going out in a fuck you, I'm going to set myself on fire is like really typical. I don't know if it's a good thing though.
0: Mm. I feel more sympathy for Ray because of his situation where he's remembering everything and he's trying to do the best that he thinks he can do he ends up being wrong in that they can save everybody but he's trying to do what he can to try and get there mm. and save what he, who he thinks is possible to save yep. and he's willing to sacrifice himself from the beginning for it he says I've, I've planned this for years and years and years this was always my plan and mm. he's willing to ma- he's willing to martyr himself essentially to try and give everyone else a shot at a better life and you can see that in the way that he gives information, like he knows everything from the beginning, but rather than come out to Norman and Emma and say, hey, I'm I'm a spy, this is the information, I remember everything, I basically, I've got all the tools to disable the trackers, I know where the trackers are, he helps them to come to those conclusions to make sure they have the ability to survive on their own. So it's not just like, hey, here's the answers, and then get out, and then all will just fall off the cliff and die.
1: So he's manipulative. this information. He's
0: manipulative to the point of encouraging them and making sure they know what to do. Yeah. As opposed to Isabella and Sister Crone that have... They're just going along with what they can do and they don't think about how to actually solve any problem. They're just continuing the problem.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Does that
2: answer your question, Daniel? Yeah, no, I I get that. Yeah, I can... It does answer my question. Um, I just feel like... I don't know, but maybe... in this particular regard... they're all... warranting of sympathy, because there is no escape. Like... Like, take a look at where the series ends. The kids are out. But... so what? They're surrounded by demons. They're on a plantation of five other farms, apparently... According to um, I think it was Norman who figured that one out.
0: Uh, four other farms and the headquarters.
2: And headquarters, yeah. Yeah. So, what what what's changed? They're still probably going to die. Like it, it's just a mm. at least for mums and all that. Well, not even at least like for mums and all that are broken people. <laughs> yeah,
0: but like, they're they're off the plantation. They managed to get across the cliff. The cliff was the edge yeah. of the plantation. Yeah,
2: they're in the new world. They're free. <laughs> no, I don't think they are. Because because we we've seen like that there are um, demons and all that on the other side, aren't there? The There's demons, demons in the we world, but were, like, uh, so, as
3: far as I know, on the perimeters and in the headquarters, etc.
2: I, I may um, I may have been um mis um like looking for them. Go on the wrong side of it. like it was when when they um uh raised the alarm and all that, it looked like they were going out into the forest. Oh, uh, on the other side of the um uh cliff,
0: but even so, that's even if that is the case, it's still a huge like they're assuming like I assume that the world is full of demons anyway. Like, does their plantation happen to be where they're trapped? But they I mean, are but, now but, in but, a position where they can run and hide and escape themselves, that's like, a life for themselves.
2: Yeah, that seems like a fair guess like the world is full of demons <laughs>
0: mm.
2: Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what, so where with all that in mind do you guys have any idea where the show might be heading next or what this what that might be
3: well it's got to be that it, it's got to be following those kids right like it, it could be a total fuck you and it'll follow a different storyline maybe we go to a different farm a different time but I've got to assume that it follows their escape into the forest and the challenges they face exploring more of the mm. world. Who are these demons? What do they know? Do they know anything? Let's find out.
0: Yeah, I'd well, say given that uh, S- Sister Crone left them a key or two keys and a pen, they must have some significance. So I'm guessing that's going to continue following them to find out what's going on with those.
2: I thought that the, I... there wasn't two keys. It was a um a mold of Isabella's keys to get into her room. I've got no idea what the pen is, but I'm going to find out what that is. But I, I think thought would... the
1: pen was a scalpel
2: because
1: Isabella took the scalpel in one of the episodes. She brings it out, and it was very much. A, I'm listening to your conversation. I know what you're planning on doing, and mm. that thus holding the scalpel very obviously.
0: I know we we focus on the pen a few times. That's all. So I assume it's a
2: special pen. It could just be a pen. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. very much could be. But um, in terms of going forward. There is also whoever Isabella reports to, like grandma. Yeah, but who does grandma report to? Cause grand, grand the grandma. The demon. The- <laughs> yeah, but like presumably there is a reason behind needing to eat children, and I've got an, an idea on that front, but not anything good. Um, why? Why kids for a start, and why? Like what? Like, what's actually set this entire thing up, I think, might be also another reason. Because there's clearly some kind of hierarchy going on here. It I don't know if it's military or, like, these are just fucked up criminals. But I mm. think that's also a thing that's going to have to fo- focus on fairly heavily in the next season. Because, again, Grandma seems to be the direct superior. But also, it wasn't Grandma who Isabella was always talking to. It, it was someone else.
4: Hmm, hmm, hmm. Mm, that's true. That's true.
2: I think as a, there was there was a male voice that came through as well. I think at one point um, okay. they also there was a very brief mention at, towards the end of the season. I think it was episode seven or eight. I think it actually was just before um, Sister Crone died. She mentioned the one. Oh, well that's
0: the the demon.
2: That's the big top demon.
0: Yeah, because like you're the one that can be eaten yeah. by the chosen, the, the big one.
2: Yeah, so that also might come into play fuck if i know what that is
0: president demon that's that's my prediction He's president demon yeah i yeah, mean you, I
3: feel you, like presumably. it's just like in um what do you call it b stars where you've got the headline the food goes to the headline yeah and i think it's and the same thing here
2: it, they also seem to be very careful as to what they
3: offer him like that's why they want emma and all that because they need the top shit for him I think that's just a respect thing, is, like, we're not going to waste his time with some um, B-grade meat. Also, I think it's like a veal situation, where young, intelligent, unspoiled, not sad. So, they, they like, they take a lot of care of making sure that this is a developed brain, happy brain. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's, yeah, I think for some reason he's just, like, it's, what, what's that creature from D&D, the one that eats brains, Mind, mind player. Player? Yeah, so I think it's just like a Mind Flayer society where the top dog is like, look, I'm going to get what I fucking want and I'm going to get it in the best grade quality and if you fuckers don't give me what I want, you're going to be next on the chopping block and I don't care how bad you taste, I'm going to eat your fucking brain. I think it's one mm. of those things and they've just set I... up like a mini society. To be honest, I had a similar thing, but I kind of figured
2: it was more um into to zombieism, like... They eat the child's brain and get a boost from it because otherwise why would you want intelligence there? Why would you want a good developed brain? Oh, I don't no. think it's to I don't think it's to do with taste. I think it's to do with the better the brain, the more ability boost they get from it. I don't know what ability boost, like maybe they become smarter or maybe they see the child's memories or some shit like that. Maybe it's a drug um, they gain the knowledge that they know? Yeah, or something like know? that.
0: Well, I, well, I studied, think I think it may be, But they it may study be just information a, that the demons give them. I
2: think it may be just a generic intelligence boost, like, you know, you know, you eat free brains and you become five times smarter or something like that.
0: I don't, um, I don't know, you, you have some weird jumps to conclusions.
2: Don't you? <laughs> I don't see any well, evidence of that in the show whatsoever. Well... No, no, no. well the only reason I'm thinking that is why do they need them smart and why do they need them because emotionally taste. well-rounded? Yeah, taste. if that doesn't affect taste.
1: Taste, it if could it be it, the it, brain size. The, the of the brain.
3: Yeah, mm. they mentioned mm, that at one ta-
1: point where the, the brains are bigger and uh, better developed. Mm. Yeah, but I, what, I think taste is the flavor. most taste. prominent.
0: Like, it doesn't change taste in our in our world. Like, The smartest cow is not going to be any tastier than the dumbest cow. But it doesn't change, like, it's a fantasy world. Maybe the demons do actually get a good, like, a, a very, yeah. a good taste from a healthy, happy child. It's like, mmm, that's extra sweet. Whereas if you gave them a depressed child, it'd be like, oh, that's very bitter.
3: No, but Similar in it- Stardust, where the witches make the stars happy right before they cut out their heart. It's like, I want this star to be glowing, to be bright, and it's going to be fucking delicious. And it'll make me, I guess, to your point, it'll make me live longer. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that sense same thing with Zach and Ty I didn't get the sense that there was anything other than taste
2: well the only reason why I say there has to be more than taste is they're specifically targeting the brains not the meat if it was just about taste why not eat the entire child because fear and stress stress and all that can but fear and stress can make you know meat stringy it's it's why um, hunters try and go for a single kill because a stressed out deer ruins the meat which is why i'm thinking that and also brains just in fantasy stuff like it's a trope of like um like for example a recent show i zombie you eat the brain you get the memories it's just honestly i'm just trying to I'm, i don't have like an in universe explanation for it it's more like <laughs> this is how i would write the story the oh. brains give you magic powers
1: <laughs> well that's why i thought it could be a status thing as well where what they have the entire human where they choose to eat the brain which is probably a difficult feat to get through because it's enclosed in skull. Mm, and mm, mm. skull might be especially hard to break for them. So it could be but a... I, uh, huh? I,
2: I would get that if it was a human, but not a small child, because as we it's know, still, small child's it's still weak a still a hard and piece
1: of bone. <laughs> Just because it's a child doesn't mean it's not hard. It could be a status thing where, oh, they can have adult humans... But the, like like with Veal, Veal being especially mm. more like uh, ex- more expensive, more like tender and stuff like that, it, I say this as someone who's never had to, so <laughs> I'm just guessing too, mm. but it I, could be just a, oh, I can afford a 12 year old child, or like six year old child, mm. but then it would be a, uh, the younger they get.
2: I don't know,
0: it, it could be any, uh, we'll probably find out next season, hopefully.
1: Yeah,
4: but, presumably,
2: yeah, right. Like, why? Yeah. Why brains is is really the um a big question. But yeah, mm. um, next season, hopefully,
0: we'll see. We'll see how it goes. How do you think the state of the world is like outside of the farming system, outside of all that? What do you think the state of the world is? Do you think that there's some kind of is it like modern day? Is it like presumably the show seems to make seems to want us to believe that it's set in the year twenty forty five? What do you think the year twenty forty five looks like
2: in this world it's there's gonna be it's gonna be messed up like if if these demon monster guys are running the place first off, I'm assuming a case system, but that's again that's based on nothing other than what's the most messed up situation I can think of a rigid class society. Of, like, Mm -hmm. high-ranking,
3: of, like, tiered demons and all that. Fair enough.
0: Rob, what do you reckon?
3: Um, I think it's more like a Beastars situation, um, kind of modified, but where these, where these creatures that shouldn't coexist do, because we know the humans work with the demons and potentially vice versa, um... Or at least to the extent that, you know, humans are raising humans probably for their brain quality, whatever. Beside that point, I do believe um, that they are getting along. And I sincerely believe that this is kind of an underground operation. I believe what's going to happen is if they can escape from this situation and they can travel outside of, like, the mob, um, hopefully they can get to some humans that are unaware of the situation. I'm not overly optimistic about that. Mm. It might be the case that the humans know, and they just let it happen to appease the demons. But, um, yeah, I hope it's the case that there is a coexistence and that the humans are largely unaware of what the demons do.
0: Fair enough. Ty, what do you reckon the world looks like outside the farm?
4: Fine.
0: You have to guess, because you have to guess. Well,
4: <laughs>
0: okay. My guess is that this is a known thing because it seems like if you were going to raise children, I know it's a show, so there has to be some explanation, if you're going to raise children to try and do be strong thinkers and be intelligent, you wouldn't tell them the truth about like anything. You would let them... They're going to be alive for 12 years and for a lot of that time they're going to be a baby. So theoretically, rather than tell them, hey, this is the this is how gravity works, this is how a machine works, this is how combustion works, you're like, um, gravity is because of a giant whale under the ocean, under the building, and it's sucking you down. You don't give them any evidence to, to suggest that that's different or it's not true.
1: They don't have much knowledge of the outside world, period, anyway. Mm,
0: but the knowledge they do have is very useful.
1: If anything, I, I would have thought that they're... The demons are not super common and this is just like their spaceship or this is their fucking place and the human realm or whatever is the same or normal. And this is just like a sect of where demons live and they've gotten a hold of a few like humans and then they're just farming them. Maybe. Instead of interfering with the normal human uh, society.
0: Maybe. I don't know, I'm more, I'm more leaning towards a North Korea-style situation where the humans know what's happening, but there's no incentive or there's not enough incentive to go in and fix it and save them. Oh, well, I see. And like, maybe the demons have negotiated with the rest of humanity and said, look, we're going to be over in our corner over here. Leave us alone. We won't come annoy you. We won't have another blood war. You don't have to worry about that. We'll just we'll stay in the corner. We won't cause any trouble. Stay away from us or we're going to come. We're going to attack and take your cities, basically. That's my thinking on the whole thing it's like they that would explain why the book was like they had the books that gave them secret messages where there's obviously someone trying to get them out, no matter who they are, Ooh, someone wants to be give them the that's information true. to help them leave, so but it had to be delivered to them in secret, so it's a very uh concentration camp situation similar to what's happening at the moment in North Korea, and if you can get information to them you might you might be able to get them out kind of thing. But you also explain where the books came from, because there's no way demons have that many books. <laughs> and why would they know it's a library? <laughs> why would we give them the concept of the library, just like, this is the book room? So they clearly haven't curated any of the information to make it hard for them to escape. They're just like, here's actual real-world information. Have fun.
1: Did you guys relate to anyone specifically?
3: Uh, m- m- maybe, Ray? Arrogant. Arrogant answer
1: why (laughs) the
0: smartest guy in the show
3: (laughs) uh no just because he grows up um or he starts being like i guess i related to the nihilistic pessimistic kind of depresso young person vibe he was giving off because i feel like that was kind of my vibe not when i was 12 but um (laughs) earlier this week yeah 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 no just um yeah just a little bit older than that and i don't know i guess yeah i related to that i didn't relate to the optimism of the other characters especially given the situation um especially emma like she was just way too enthusiastic for me um mm. yeah and like they were the main three so i guess yeah of the three definitely ray um yeah
2: makes sense Daniel, did you
3: relate to anybody in
2: particular? Well, I was gonna say that it's it's kind of funny because I do, I um, kinda of related to Ray as well. But mostly because again, it was Emma's optimism that like annoyed me. But that's normally because how I that's how I see you, Rob. <laughs> it's like Ooh, of the of the three of us, of the three of us, it's like Zach that's is Norman. Of Yes, but there's only three kids. <laughs> <laughs> Ty would be the, all the other children combined into one kind of mecha suit of children.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but
2: of, of, of the three of us, like, Zack is Norman, Rob, you're Emma, and I'm Ray.
1: I assure you, Zack is not Norman. He will ensure his survival if he was Norman and get, was given the option of surviving and I, leaving the rest of us, he would take surviving.
2: <laughs> actually, I, that's one thing I wanted to ask you guys. Is that if Do Norman's you, actually dead? Because we never saw the body. Mm, mm, and that's mm, like mm. that's a massive red flag in my books. Like, we don't yeah. see him dead. We don't see him in a tube or anything like that being shipped off. He goes off screen into a dark cave. And is never seen again. Hmm. He could clearly be alive. And he goes but, off screen
0: just after giving Isabella the realization of are you happy of like she might have had a temporary yeah, change of heart.
2: Just like that armor piercing oh, yeah. question. And Oh and he plans everything else out to a T. Mm, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Fair enough, that's fine.
0: Did you relate to anybody in particular time?
1: Well, now I feel weird answering this question because because of what Daniel said. <laughs> <laughs> but you're all the children. So, so you relate yeah. to every so, child character.
2: So you're, you admit that you were a child, uh, you were a mech made of children. Finally, <laughs> you got it on Mike.
1: No, I re, we, uh, I, mean, I related to either Norman or Phil the most.
4: Phil? He was good eyed, Phil.
1: He's, he was the bubbliest yeah, of characters, mm-hmm. and I'm generally, I'm generally like that with people, even though, like, like, you know how he's caught on, and he was like, oh, I understood why you were so sad when Norman left and all of that. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I get it sometimes, and then it's just like, but I don't speak about it because I feel like, oh, I don't want to put you in an awkward position or something like that. <laughs> so, and then the fact that he stayed behind to help the rest of the children, I could see myself being that kind of like, mm. Mm. oh, save us, that kind of person, which is what related... Um, which is why I also related to Norman quite a bit. Because it was a, ah, uh, oh, it's either I save myself and the increased security diminish your chances of escaping by like more than half. Mm. I would rather you I all mean, escape. Yeah. I'm
2: 90% sure, by the way, that Phil is dead. Because Isabella made it pretty clear that she knew that he knew. As an
3: aside. Yeah, but I don't think she cared at that point. I think she knew she was as good as dead, so she left him alive for the next generation.
4: Hmm.
0: Possibly.
1: Also, it's like what the grandma said, where when Sister Crone dobbed Isabella to the grandma and said, oh, the kids are planning an escape. They they know about the harvest and all of that. And the grandmother was like, yes, so what? They're Mm. under control, aren't they?
4: Mm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I uh, thought it was yeah, interesting exactly. in that scene that there was a shot of either grandma as a mother or grandma as a child on top of the wall as well. That was interesting that escapes seem to happen frequently enough where they're just like, ah, as long as they don't actually escape, who cares?
1: Well, it's not about escape. It's about the, mm-hmm. like, She she Isabella didn't escape then, She was just looking at what's beyond the wall. Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. That's true. Yeah. But I imagine escape attempts happen all the time and they probably get about that far where they're like, oh. I went through all this just to climb a wall and I can't, like, I I don't have the tools to get across this gap.
1: Yeah. Which is very much true.
0: Mm. To answer the when question, you... though... Uh, sorry.
1: I was about to ask you who you relate to, but you answered that anyway.
0: <laughs> I related most to Sister Crow. Why? A very strong, career minded person, looking to get ahead no matter the cost. Who is yeah. also
2: completely and utterly insane.
0: Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it. She seemed like she had a pretty good grasp on the situation, except for the whole
2: baby doll thing. She... And, and
1: realistically, yeah. isn't that just a cat's too? <laughs> it
2: is just a cat. Is this why you've gotten me fired from the last five jobs I've had? Yes.
1: I feel like you w- you want to imagine you're like her, but you're just a soft, sweet little baby.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I, I, I related to Sister Crane, and when she died, whilst I didn't have any sympathy for her... I did feel sorry for the fact that she was dying and she wasn't going to be able to see her dream accomplished, despite the fact that she did everything she thought she was supposed to do.
3: Yeah, I actually will back up that in you, Zach, just because of the way you play. Like, I've seen you, we've talked about it the other day, actually. I've seen you play games. I know how good you can be and I can very much see that calculating side in you um, and cutthroat attitude. Yeah, but games is different to real life. That's true. I'm sorry who who was saying anything about
2: games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt I related to my sister. Current, I
2: thought I liked her, and I was sad that she died. But she wasn't a good person. Yeah, I think that really wraps up her entire character. She's not a good person, but it kind of sucks she dies.
4: Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
1: guess
2: that's true. So yeah, do you like getting back to that question? Do you guys actually think that Norman is
0: dead?
1: No.
2: No. He, we didn't see the body. I think
1: it's gonna be a fucking plot twist where it's just like, oh, they didn't show his body off screen. And like, we all are sucked into it. Like, oh, he's not dead. He's not dead. That fucking bitch lied. <laughs> <laughs> there was no demons to greet them. Like, like every other situation. So clearly he's not dead. No, the and de- then.
0: The demons mm-hmm. weren't dead at greet Connie kind of either. The demons came
4: out when she was don't know
1: that. We see it when Emma and Norman arrive, and they were talking in the in the room. Mm. She was already in the back of the uh, back of the truck, dead. Which mm. means in that situation, they would have seen blood from the truck. Yeah, true, fair enough. Yeah. So it could be it could be a Oh Here's that ball. Throw it in the other direction, and then be like, "Oh yeah, he's actually dead." <laughs> so fu- you know, we're fucking with y'all.
0: <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, I, I don't think he's dead. I think he's coming back. I yeah. think he'll probably come back as, like, a they break into headquarters and he's there as, like, trying to sneak out or something.
1: Oh, as in he was shipped to headquarters?
0: Something like that. But what do you think, Rob?
3: Yeah, I, look, honestly... I want it to be like a plot twist, plot twist. Yeah, I so It's like, oh, you thought he was living, he actually really is super fucking dead. <laughs> um I'd like I, that. Yeah, I kinda hope that's the case just because I want I want it to be a hard situation. I'd like that like the escape means so much because there was sacrifice for it. If I guess Norman plans for every situation, lololol, super brains it's like, eh... Uh, like, uh, Like, it becomes too... Um... Too... What's what's that stupid anime? The really good one? Anime. Um, good anime, one, Death yes. Note. It becomes uh. too Death Notey, where it's like, oh, you know Norman's always going to think of the, you know, extenuating circumstances, and he'll never die, and everybody will be okay. Mm. I want him to die. I want him to die specifically because I want them to know that there are consequences and that if they fuck up they will fucking die. Um, mm. well to be fair of...
1: To be fair they actually do think he's dead. But so he they do back. think there's consequences right now.
0: But if he comes back, you know, even yeah. 6 episodes in, then those consequences
1: yep. go away. they go away, sorry. Yes.
0: It's like in Dragon Ball exactly. where death was a really exactly. big deal and then they're like Dragon Balls can bring everyone back an infinite number of times on Namek. It's like, "Oh, well death has no meaning anymore."
1: Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Because exactly. the Dragon Balls can only be used once.
0: That's Dragon Balls. Well, yeah, they can only bring back a person one time. Yeah. I forgot yeah. About that. And then the and then instant transmission changes that. It's like, well, now there's literally no consequence of death because you can just pop over and be like, "Hey, hi, can I um bring my friends back? All right, peace. I'm out of here." Is that level
3: of content? Yeah. That's that's there? what I'm worried it's kind of gonna, uh, mm. kind of going to turn into. So I hope he stays dead, just so that the kids remain terrified, and it's not a oh Norman will save us. Mm. And from a character Funny. perspective, he's outlived his usefulness
0: as well. He he had like his goal was for everyone to escape, and he wants Emma to always be smiling. That was his basically mm. his driving factors. Everyone escaped, and he's done everything he can. If he came back, it would just be more of the same. Like he was not going to grow as a character. He's not going to develop anything new. He's just going to be
2: done, basically. <laughs> but who's to say? Can I just say, can, can a quote for this episode be, I hope he's dead and the kids remain twenty uh, terrified. Rob, 2020. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs>
0: Potentially. Potentially. So that's really, you know, that that's pretty much the, the Promised Neverland season. When did you guys have any final thoughts, Rob? Did you have any interesting tidbits that you'd noted down or anything like that?
3: Um,
0: no
4: that's oh,
3: fine I really like the animation really like the animation I thought it was super clean mm. Um, like the, at no point was I like, like oh that's weird and I, I don't know it was super pleasant to watch like it, it drew me in it was really interesting Um, occasionally there were some death note moments where I was like uh, yeah cool outsmarting everybody but apart from that it was like I'm really interested to see what happens Yeah, really, really good anime. really Mm. like it. If you like Death Note, watch this.
0: Cool. One last thought for me on the animation style. I really liked the clock motif where there was like, she was with Sister Crown, especially where she was chasing them and there was like clocks in the forest and everything where it was just like, this is obviously time is a big factor. Time is looming over them and just really emphasizing how good she is. I really liked that the clock was there a lot in a lot of different scenes,
3: especially in the beginning. Mm, that's fair.
2: Yeah, that, that, that motif was rather great as well, but um, for me, this is a final thought. The the bit where Norman showed up in the end to both Emma and... Uh, I've completely forgotten Emo Kid's name. Ray. Ray. I was going to say Ty. No, that ain't right at all. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking of Ty from Digimon because he's got kind of a similar hairstyle if you don't remember Digimon that well... <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but w- when he showed up to both vo- like to both of them as a ghost, or at least what I presume was a ghost <laughs> um that was really really touching and really shows that um like a, a real man doesn't die even when he's killed um but that's all oh, I
0: thought I, I think is that a girl in reference Daniel is that what you're going for?
2: Yeah, 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 I Yeah.
0: I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if it was a girl on the ground reference, I'm just going to, you know, you're off the podcast, but uh, no, that's fine.
2: Oh, wait, oh. I'm off the podcast? Oh, yes, thank God. I'm free. I'm <laughs> finally free. Oh, man, what would you like to have my Sunday afternoons back again? <laughs> Ty, did you have any final thoughts?
1: I had two final thoughts.
0: Greedy. Everyone else got one, but that's okay.
1: Okay. I you can I have two. I
3: actually want another one. But well, now I have three. Fuck. I <laughs> <laughs> have to have one more every time.
1: Haku- Haku's come in as quick as his toy? I'm sure you can hear that. Uh, so, one of the thoughts was, like, they mentioned at one point that there are humans outside in the headquarters that are on equal footing with them. I know we mentioned this before as well, but... I, I'm curious to know what makes those humans different. Like, is it only the grandma or grandmother? Is it other humans? Because they, since they use plural, and you were saying before the male voice, I'm curious to know how many of them are there and what makes them different to the farmed humans. Mm. And like, is it just that they don't care? Is it just a way to survive or like is it the specific, like, different h- beings?
0: Yeah. Hopefully, we. Well, I don't imagine there would be. I think it's probably just other people.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm curious to find out that. Mm. The other part was like, uh, why is there only one grandmother? Like, and there's so many, uh, like mothers being trained. But and in this situation, there was four plants, uh, four, no uh, five. What I don't know what it was. Five houses that formed one plant. But how many plants were there? I don't know if they mentioned that.
0: I don't think they mentioned. They've. The thing's very vague to see if this is the only plant or if this is one of many
4: plants.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I was curious about too, because they were saying last time that there was not many brains harvested, it. and and I'm like, wait, is this the only few that exist, and why are there so many mothers? Mm. Is it just a oh, come have babies for us, and then, you know,
0: I imagine they probably outlive their usefulness very quickly. That's true. Like, Sister Chrome was 26, and she wasn't a mum yet, but Isabella had been there for at least 10 years, and she's 31, so she started at 21.
1: Yeah, but also, what's the difference between, uh, Is but then why wasn't she harvested before like, before she was 12?
0: Because she was one of the smart ones. She was like Emma.
1: Yeah, but okay, but at that point, why didn't she give birth immediately? Or, because, especially in the olden days and stuff like that, you're most fertile when you're like 15. Hmm. So why give, why not give birth at like 15, 16 instead of like 22 or whatever she, uh, Isabella mm. was then?
0: Well, she was 19 when that would have happened then. Oh, same shit. If same
1: it's not shit. Right. Yeah. So that, I'm curious to know stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and the last bit I wanted to mention is that I really like how when they were discussing how to escape, they had so many different plot twists and kind of like, ideas that went wrong and went right and it's just, it made it really like a really good show. Mm,
0: it wasn't like a hey, we're going to do this one thing and everything just goes towards that one path.
1: Yeah, it was a, uh, oh, there's some that had wrong ideas. They followed through with it and they were like, nope, never mind. Mm. <laughs> that was all.
4: <laughs> and you yeah, have one more yeah, thought, bro. <laughs> right.
3: Oh yeah, um, I was just going to say that, um, I really like this as a kind of exploration, I guess, of, uh, how we treat animals—I mm. um, don't know if anybody else really looked at that aspect of it, but when, while I was watching it, especially I was thinking about chickens. I guess because oh. there's no <laughs> illusion as to what the fate, especially like brutal farm-condition chickens. It's like I don't know how intelligent they are, whether they think, uh, whether they think about their own mortality. But it's like how we treat animals in general is free range which is essentially what this is it's free range children mm. they're out on a farm somewhere and then they get shipped off and killed um you know and there's a mother hen so- that stays there and looks after the flock like she's the old mother hen <laughs> yeah and you keep the mother hen on and but yeah it, it really made me think about i guess our attitude towards animals and the morality of that because mm. yeah it, it really makes that a very strong parallel in the show i believe
0: yeah I've, I had the same sort of vibes. I was going to bring it up before when Daniel was talking about the, uh, getting powers or whatever. Like, ah, so I don't know if anybody else feels the same.
1: We get powers from eating, uh, meat though.
0: I get the chicken's memories every time I'm like. No, no, no. Like,
1: oh, like in general, uh, humans have, evolved, like, uh, I was reading about it where, cause, oh, shit, he just broke his toy.
4: Yes, continue.
1: Uh, I was reading about it a while ago where, you're generally more like stronger and everything through eating meat. Mm.
0: Your protein is easy to access, so you get, but you build them gains.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you get um, through eating it, but at the same time, explains why I'm such a weak bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in general, humans have gotten stronger and smarter because we
4: eat meat.
1: Yeah, essentially, but our brains have gotten bigger as well. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I got that parallel, Rob, to bring bring it back to your point. Yes, I got that parallel in terms of. Chicken farming and free-range children is a great way to put it.
4: Free-range
1: children, Jesus, mm-hmm. that is some morbid shit we're talking about.
0: <laughs> well, we can wrap it up there then. If we're talking about morbid stuff, we, this wasn't meant to be a morbid topic. Meant to be a fun topic about a fun show that was all fun times. Yeah. So that was the pro- our thoughts on the Promised Neverland season one. Please join us next season as we go into that. I didn't. I don't know if you guys are aware, but there is a live-action movie coming out in a couple of weeks. So, I don't know. We get anyone... to see real children oh, being wow. thrown
2: into blunders? Yay! <laughs>
0: there was some casting controversy over Sister Crone because it was, I believe an Asian actor was cast to play her. Oh, shit. So there was a big controversy around that. But please uh, join us next week when we will not be doing The Promised Neverland. We'll be doing a fantastic show by the name of Attack on Titan Season 3. In the lead up to the premiere on the 7th of December, please join us. I anticipate that next week is going to be quite a long episode, so <laughs> please come and uh, enjoy us in, with this journey. Bring your thinking caps, bring your theorizing caps, because we're going to talk season four theories as well.
2: I would oh. like to formally request an out.
0: Uh, no. No, Daniel, no out for you. You
2: must bring at least five conspiracy theories to the table.
1: In fact, like I mean, I do that anyway.
2: <laughs> let, let me let me tell you about the Illuminati and the Lizard Peoples merger into the Freemasons <laughs> I see you've already seen season 3
0: <laughs> anyway so we'll, we'll be doing that next week please if you have any other shows you'd like us to watch please email us at EquipableAllies at gmail.com
1: on Facebook at EquipableAllies
3: on Twitter at Equippable Ally,
2: and our website EquipableAllies.com fantastic
0: so thank you for joining us this week as we explore the Promised Neverland and the
4: 2024 season week nine. Bye bye!